Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Like a Hole Presents Season 3 Run the Gamut, where your intrepid hosts nominate our favorite bands and artists and a certain record by that said band slash artist. And we talk about it track by track. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, the root of the show is essentially one of the three of us trying to convince us on um, their nomination. It's almost like a sales pitch, if you will. Um, and if should that be the case, I know that I have been sold uh, quite a bit of, uh, I would say, a good bill of goods. Uh, from both of these two guys, to my right and to my left. Um, Steven, are you out there? Yeah, I'm looking at my notes and uh, everything but clipping. I think that's it. That's uh, Everyone's uh, taking everybody else's suggestions. Clipping was the only failure. And that was uh, one of Eric's picks. <laughs> As Eric is just going to hold on tighter to that Bob Dole pin that he carries around with him. Um, and there tonight is another one of Eric's picks. I hope it goes better than clipping. I'm sure it will. <laughs> um, so, yes, the, the I, third I man, like, as like we say. When you, hate, when you hate my albums, Steve, it, it, it's just it's just my lifeblood. That's it's just, it's just throwing one of those Doc Brown uh, logs in the, in the friggin' in fire. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not hate. It was more just by the time I was done with it, I was like, yeah, I think I got enough notes. That's fine. <laughs> I oh, yeah. I don't need to listen to it again. I get it. I mean, I'm sure Eric felt the way uh, when I nominated The Doors LA Woman. Um, but Eric, he brought his best, as he always brings his best to the show. So, Eric, say hello to your fans. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. This is going to be a good one for the Eric heads, you know, steeped in steeped in lore and mythology and and chess um it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, a good one top 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 of the rankings this episode oh yeah eric will absolutely describe the fibonacci sequence at some point um because you know that's his little easter egg for all you eric heads out there um so before we get into eric's nomination ghost faced killer uh, Iron Man, um, where it's a conceptual album about Tony Stark. That's all of my notes. Um, but before we do all of that, um, we like to do a little housekeeping. First, let's see if there's anything on the bulletin, anything in the newswire. I believe there is. What's coming through the ticker tape, Steve? That's a slow news day. Uh, rain. Rain everywhere. That's the news. It's a, it's a bomb cyclone storm in Northern California. I can't wait for the edible that is uh, inspired by that that name, bomb cyclone. <laughs> oh, uh, besides, besides, besides the weather report. Um, let's see. Going through my list of previous albums we've covered. Nothing really new. Behemoth has a, a 30 years of Behemoth live Halloween album coming out. That's uh, I feel like they just put a live album out. That's sounds like they're killing time. Uh, what's oh here we are. Yeah, this is this is interesting. <laughs> have you guys have you guys heard about this uh, this industrial tour that keeps getting put off by Ministry? Eric, what's it called? 
the industrial strength tour uh it was announced way back before the pandemic like i want to say two januarys ago it was supposed to be kmfdm frontline assembly and ministry headlining that's a good that's a good title for that tour yes and then uh what was the second uh, version of it after... second second version is kmfdm said uh what I, am, I don't really trust America with COVID. We're not going to do that. So they backed out and replaced them with Helmet. Great band. Industrial. Debatable. In Interesting. Fact, not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big Helmet fan. Um, good batch of albums in the uh, 90s. And uh, that didn't work out either, though, right? So then it, uh, Helmet dropped off. Never happened. Mm-hmm. And now it got... The, the, the third iteration that's touring next year now, right? Yeah. It's yeah. uh now there's no the FLA is off of it. Correct. No frontline assembly. Previous uh what album do we talk about? Hardwired? We yeah, we Millennium. I, Millennium. Millennium. Yeah. Not right. millennium, but millennium. Right. right. Yes. You, you made next that joke. You, the joke was so nice you made it twice, Mark. It was- <laughs> Can't beat the classics, man. They never Can't go out beat of the style. classics, and also I've known Mark for fucking like twenty five years, and the guy's got a he's got a small well that he goes to, so he go he goes back twice. Just yeah. let him do it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, so now it's the it's ministry corrosion of conformity and friends of the show, the Melvins, and it's still called the Industrial Strength Tour, <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they wanted to reuse some t-shirts or if they just, uh, I really don't think Al Jorgensen gives a shit. I think he actually thinks it's funny because apparently it, uh, the rivet heads were they a couple oh, yeah. of them are up in arms, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a post a bill leave from frontline assembly. said like they had, they like cleared their year. They're like two years now they've cleared it ready to go on tour. And then they just woke up to the news that, that, that they had been replaced by the Melvins. Um, but out of nowhere, they were, they were gung ho. They were, they were ready for it. So they were pissed. Kevin Key from uh, Skinny Puppy had their back with a, a post saying, like, what the fuck, Al? Um, not like Al's making any decisions for himself anymore. But yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I, I, I find that the, I, Pepper Keenan from COC and uh, Buzz, I imagine if they even knew that uh, there was any kind of gnashing of the teeth from the, uh, the glow stick crowd, that they'd find that hilarious. But uh, I think it's a I think it's trade up myself. I mean, you put the Melvins on any bill, and automatically it's it's a better show. So maybe 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 some of those maybe some of those rivet heads that go to the show still that don't throw their tickets away, well uh, they'll, they'll be they'll be educated. Yeah, no, it's the Mel. I mean, come on, it's the Melvins. It's the Melvins. It's a treat. Back. Exactly. So and yeah, that, I find that whole thing funny. And also, I mean, that was. <laughs> It ties right into that. <laughs> Last night, I stumbled upon that skinny puppy video I've never seen before where it has the, it's like from 2004 and it's got the protest. It's, yeah. Protest. Yeah. yeah. It's, got it's got the them, guys. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. It's got the. the, the tell uh, us the, all about Eric. It's got, the, it's got the underpass crowd, the, uh, the, the Jinkos and Chains crowd doing cardboard, like uh, breakdance battling with, uh, you know, actual breakdancers i mean it's it's fitting that we bring it up tonight when this is your pick and you are a man divided you know you're 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 a man that you're you're the underpass crowd 
And at the same time, you are a, uh, a card carrying member of the 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 hip hop Illuminati. So there you go. True, true. Rivet head and hip hop fan. That's why I pretty much only listen to Ghost Mane anymore. That's 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 not true. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Mane is not not great. Ghost I tried. Not, <laughs> yeah, no, no. not good. Anyhow, not much news right now, but uh, I found that funny. I mean, that story about just having the the uh, the drama of that tour, I had no idea any of that was taking place. Oh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin the... Key had to, he had to move his dreadlocks out of the way and sit down and do a Facebook post. Oh, man. <laughs> Scathing. Scathing. Letter to the editor. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Al. <laughs> I mean, just like... Uh, uh, yeah, that was a high. I could, Al, right there. Now, Al, I could handle you, you know, leading to the death of one of my bandmates, but this is a bridge too far. <laughs> I take umbrage at your use of the word industrial. All right, that is enough. Um, <laughs> so, Eric, um, I, the next award winning segment, um, plug like a hole. Uh Um, Uh do you have anything to plug before we go into your nomination for the, uh, for the evening? Uh, just to, just to throw it out there, because I know we have talked in the writer's room about it. And I think, you know, we've maybe individually made some Twitter posts about it. At least Steve, Steve has, and I, that new ministry album is pretty great. It's uh, it's got it's it's got melody for one, which is you know his last one had a little bit, so he's he's kind of back to to writing some songs a little bit more atmosphere than the speed metal stuff he's been doing. Um, some fun little uh, news clip samples, uh, Jello Biafra singing, it re- like sounding like that old lard stuff. Um, couple like you know it's uh it, it's got some real high marks, and then it's all listenable. So. Um, a very slowed down, heroined out uh, cover of uh, "Search and Destroy" by Iggy Pop, um, but yeah, I think we all we all enjoyed that one. Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely agree. It's uh, easily the best album since probably Psalm '69. And I liked Filth Big and Dark Side of the Spoon and Animositima, but rarely do I put them on, listen to them all the way through. Uh, this one I can do that with. I did it a few times. It's just. It's dynamic. It's not all just fast, fast, fast. And it's got some uh, funny lyrics too, which you can, you know, got to remember that Al, even at his lowest points, is still a pretty funny guy. So that's still there. And that Jello Offer song makes me want a new Lard album right now. So I, I loved it. Yeah, and there will be one. So, yes. There you go. Uh, Steven, do you have anything to plug? A little show called The Sopranos. Have you guys ever heard of it? I'm familiar. Okay. Familiar more so with the uh, many saints of Newark. Uh, that's where it all begins, right? That that's where I'm going to start. I've never exactly. Seen the rest you of start it. with that, and then uh, you watch the rest of it. Yeah. No, I, I haven't watched that movie yet, but uh, like many people, 
I was like, oh, movie's coming out. I should revisit The Sopranos. And I've been meaning to watch it again for years. I probably watched it all the way through twice. And I watched the second half of the show while it aired live. Um, many fond memories of just events around watching episodes sometimes. Uh, maybe maybe a, a viewing party here and there for a premiere or a, a finale. But uh, it, it holds up, as, as you'd expect. And I just... Uh, it's, it's, it's a show that my brother likes a lot. We always, we can speak in shorthand by referencing The Sopranos. And uh, it's also a lot funnier than I remember. I remember it being funny, obviously. But there's little sight gags and throwaway lines that uh, may, maybe when you watch it after your first time, when you know everything that happens, you're able to uh, just enjoy the ride and you catch a lot of things that uh, make it that much richer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in season three now, and I'm having a having a ball. And I think it's fitting that tonight's episode, which has a lot of uh, lyrical content related to the mob, that I'm watching The Sopranos right now. So that's that's my recommendation, a show that I'm sure no one's ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to carve out some time to really commit to wanting to uh, finish the Sopranos. Uh, currently, I'm still in my off and on Star Trek finish through. Uh, what I mean by that is I still have all of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise uh, to go through, and I'll have completed every Star Trek show um, that has existed, probably with the exception of that new Star Trek Prodigy show that's going to be kind of geared for kids. But who knows? Maybe I'll have a Clone Wars situation with that, too. Um, oh, hold, on, yes. hold on, hold on, yes. hold on, hold on. You've never finished Sopranos before? Oh, of course I've finished Sopranos before, but I'm revisiting. Okay. I watched, oh, okay. it, I I watched that, it finish in real time. The way time. you said it was I always meant to finish The Sopranos. So, that, so that's, uh, yeah, okay. Kind so of, finish um, a rewatch. Re re I was going to say, it, exactly. put everything finish down, a stick to work uh, yeah. But I got it, okay. <laughs> Yeah. No, I know exactly. I, I I finished the show in real time, but after seeing the very last episode, I mean, I've watched I did my first rewatch this last year and just finished it in time for Saints of Newark and. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the rewatch was, it just became comfort TV very quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the whole, the whole time you were talking about rewatching it, that's, that kind of influenced me. Yeah. It, yeah. It was great. It was great. It, do, it doesn't take much of a push to get me to go enjoy the, the shenanigans of Polly Walnuts, uh, Christopher Montesanti. So that's right. That's right. Uh, good stuff. Mark. The fact that you even would question that I had not even finished The Sopranos uh, makes me wonder how well you two even know me. Um, oh, no. Uh, it makes oh! it makes it. No. Oh! Yeah. Hey, T, you hear this? <laughs> well, it just confirms that uh, you're terrible at communicating sometimes. <laughs> that is true. You can just ask my wife. Uh, okay. Oh! <laughs> All right. Uh, so my plug, I, I, you know, honestly, I haven't been listening to a lot of music uh, lately, um, aside from Eric's pick, of course, preparing for this episode, like as uh, someone who's very well committed to this podcast every time we record. Um, 
but I've been listening to other podcasts quite a bit. And one of those in particular uh, comes from a, another podcaster is named by the name of Jake Brennan. Uh, got famous for creating a podcast called Disgraceland. Um, went from being on like iHeartRadio and I think has now landed to be an exclusive through Amazon Music, which for someone like me, I don't like having to go to two different apps to listen to podcasts. So I never got around to following that show when it became an, an exclusive there. But uh, he does have a new show called uh, Badlands. Uh, season one was Hollywoodland, where goes through some uh, pretty detailed graphic stories about certain Hollywood stars, more so like your Marilyn Monroe's, Lana Turner's. Um, can't remember who else was in season one, but season two is now focusing on sports. Uh, so uh, that's going on live, and I've been binging that for the last week. So that's my plug. It's, uh, it's under Badlands, but uh, you can also check out Disgraceland. I think that's a, also a great show, too. That's my nice. plug. Yeah, gotta love those old Hollywood scandals. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. Yeah, good. Well, you got, right. you got a show, you got a you got a album, you got a, a podcast to listen to. You're welcome. We're uh, a multimedia uh, enterprise here. That's right. So, wait till season, Eric. season four, where we each pick fourteen of our favorite podcasts and then re-listen to. <laughs> all of them and then talk about we go episode by episode i can't wait for our comedy bang bang run through (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh boy we'll be old old dead men by then you know you guys know there there has to be podcasts out there review other podcasts that's just nauseating there is (laughs) there is what you doing on our turf punk got a message for smoky give it you're smoking man give it if you ain't smoky ain't your motherfucking message motherfucker i said give me the message all right well then i guess that gets us to our album yeah we have let's do it we have we're jumping into 1996's iron man by ghostface killer and if you've listened to the b-side that dropped before this me and steve took you through the history of the wu-tang we took you through all 10 members and uh you know they're tried we tried to establish their um kind of unique personalities, what they bring to the group and some of their, their highlight, their highlights as they all have some. Very um, abbreviated. We did our best, but yes. there's a, I mean, that's a podcast to itself. If you really that's want true. to that's get true. into it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I could do, I could do, I could do a, a year with the Wu-Tang and, and barely scrape the surface. Um, but this album brings us in, uh, to the first chance Ghostface had to record a solo album. Um, he was born Dennis Coles. And uh, for a while there, he was roommates with the RZA. Um, he grew up in the Stapleton housing projects um, with uh, other members of the Wu-Tang Clan um, during the 80s and 90s, early 90s, um, where they got together and, and, and formed a group. Um, he was living the life as far as uh, selling drugs, um, and if that uh, if that Wu Tang, an American saga show on Hulu, is to believe be believed, and I know it's heavily dr- dramatized, but he and Rayquan were uh, were uh, working for enemy 
dealer like dealers like kingpins they were they were selling for enemy enemy kingpins in fact the first half of the season one is them like trying to get revenge on each other and uh anyways it's interesting it's interesting but if you remember from the history um the rizza who was the mastermind uh had a five-year plan and his five-year plan involved their first album enter the 36 chambers and then putting out as many solo records as he could before their second album, which was going to bookend the five-year plan. Rizzo was going to oversee all of the solo albums and produce all of them, giving and make the beats for them. And, and he does, I'll pray 98% of the songs on those six or seven solo albums between the first and Wu-Tang Forever are produced by him. He wanted to give the world an introduction to them and their signature sound, which was uh, Kung Fu and crime movie samples, dusty beats, um, funk loops, uh, atmosphere, and distinctive rap that was at both lyrical and poetic, but also streetwise. Um, and this was rounding out towards the end of the the this five years is is when this uh, this this particular record came out. According to legend. Uh, after Enter the 36 Chambers came out, they made they got a Wu-Tang mansion, which is where Rizza lived and worked every day. And um, he had crates of tapes for every member. And he is already pre-making, pre-producing their solo albums before they were even touching mics. And a flood happened and took out uh, everything that hadn't been released up to that point, including this record, and, and took out all of their microphone gear, which is uh, so they had to he had to buy all new all new mics, and so which is why um, the vocals on this apparently sound different um, or, or clearer than previous records, uh, which you know you can hear it, it, it just sounds like the album had a bigger budget, um, but uh, that's kind of the as far as the behind the scenes thing. Um, a few years before this, or uh, maybe it was a year, maybe two before this, Rayquan's solo album, Only Built for Human Links, came out. And Ghostface was featured on that as like the guest star. They were Batman and Robin. Um, and they wanted to do the same thing on this one, almost like a sequel. Um, both were supposed to feel like a mob movie. And um, while... Uh, the uh, the Raekwon album had more samples from your more Italian mafioso stuff. This one has more samples and 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 kind of like lived in feelings of like your black exploitation uh, crime films. Um, and uh, they re recorded it. They put it out, and it got relatively good reviews. Uh, when it came out. Just me and you, motherfucker. Just me and you. I put trademarks around your fucking eyes. Bean on niggas who swipe this, deluxe rap cavaliers, bitches who still biz, give me sit back, jollyin'. My team be gaming like three club Okay, so yeah, this this it, and this one falls on like top hundred rap albums you need to hear before you die. Uh, in general, it's about a four or five uh, rating ranking if you kind of take the average. Um, it most uh, at the time, Spin Magazine gave it high marks for Riz's production. 
and uh, Ghostface is, uh, seemed like a reliable narrator. He was telling details that, that seemed like he lived in those streets. Um, and in general, it's uh, it was number two on the Billboard charts. Um, it was a hit, and Wu-Tang was blowing up at this point. It was definitely Wu-Tang fever leading up to that that second solo album, or the second uh, group album. Um, it, it's Eric, it's, I mean, this this one, when you look at all the, the Wu-Tang albums, or or 90s hip hop albums. I mean, this one's it's up there on, on all the lists, right? If you yeah. it. Oh, for sure. It's it's considered one of the best of the Wu Tang affiliate albums. I picked it because it sounds to me like what I love about Wu Tang, um, as far as a cohesive production quality, because as they would go on, Rizza wouldn't do all the songs anymore. They get other people in there, but this one feels like it was masterminded. Um it features all all the good members and and it just it just even more so it's it's even more consistent than the group than the group albums in my opinion. It's when we get to uh, when we're done with it and we do further listening, I would like you to explain to us why you picked this instead of Supreme Clientele. Let's okay. save it for the end. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, all right, so that's that. Steve and I talked on the bonus episode quite a bit about just kind of our experience getting into Wu-Tang and, and as they've traversed the pop culture. And Mark, you've been on record that, you know, you're a hip hop fan, but not a, you know, like a, not a, not a diehard, not necessarily historian. Um, any moments that Wu-Tang or Wu-Tang affiliates have, have crisscrossed your pop culture knowledge uh, or made you, t- made you pay attention? I mean, yeah, there were, <laughs> yeah. You're exactly right, Eric. Couldn't have described me better about kind of being more of a casual uh, uh, flyby um, spectator when it comes to all things hip hop and rap. Um, uh, However, I was aware of who Method Man was. Uh, Ghostface Killa and RZA and Jizza, not really um, for the most part until... um, Two of those folks showed up in that James uh, Jim Jarmusk uh, coffee and cigarettes in that Bill Murray scene. Um, <laughs> it's it's the fucking Bill Murray, yeah, ghost busting ass Bill Murray, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, uh, mistakenly, I always believed that Red Man was also a part of um, the Wu Tang. Um, it was only until recently that I was corrected on that assumption. Um, but he he's did a, a yeah, signing he's a, at one of he's the a, He's stores. an affiliate. He's an affiliate, and yeah, because of his his uh, partnership with Method Man, he's definitely an affiliate. His work with Method Man. Yeah, sorry. I yeah, go you. on, go on. But he's not an official member, though. Of course. No, 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 no. no. Um, but anyways, when we were, uh, when I was one of the managers of a record store here in the Sacramento area, they were doing a grand opening of one of their new stores, and in order to uh, kind of commemorate the event. Um, Red Man happened to be in town and through some back channel phone calls, the owners were able to actually get him to come and do a signing. Uh, the signing was advertised to start at a certain time. I want to say 4 p.m. Uh, well, uh, a good amount of people showed up for that and um, he didn't end up showing until about 6.30 uh, because he uh, saw a red lobster on the way and he just had to stop. Um, and so that was the first <laughs> of my mini dealing with in-store events at uh, various locations. 
the E42 short look, uh, signings pretty much, and they were an annual event. Yeah. Uh, was always an entertainment, um, and when I mean entertainment, it was uh, absolutely anxiety-ridden for someone who has uh, a thing against big crowds and small places. Sure. Um, sure. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny. yeah. That's funny. That's my that was my interaction <laughs> with with that. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Redman in the in the in the B side episode. Uh, he was part of the Deaf Squad, which was a which was, in my opinion, a, a lesser East Coast uh, group, but him, he, he and Method Man had a great album together. Blackout, it's a good one. It is definitely a good one. How high? How high? They were that. They had a show called Meth and Red, where they where they moved <laughs> to the suburbs, and it's a sitcom. Was um, that UPN or CW? Yeah, probably one of the two. Probably one of the two. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and there goes the neighborhood, right? Um, <laughs> Was that the tagline? I I could imagine, definitely imagine. Uh, but anyways, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, you know, uh, Wu Tang, great, important, uh, important for especially '90s and early aughts pop culture. Um, they had an aesthetic, perfectly, like I said, masterminded by RZA. Um, at least that that first five year plan, which. Uh, establish them as uh, mainstays. Um, did you guys ever, Mark? Did you guys ever uh, have a five-year plan? Not at all. <laughs> no, none of us have a five-year plan. Uh, <laughs> I, I could tell you that. Um, no, back at Dimple, they, the in-stores. Did anybody ever go next door and warn the donut shop of when the in-stores are going to be? Never. It was always just. Well. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, like you're just one clerk on like a Thursday afternoon, and fucking Red Man comes, and all the stoners go to the goddamn donut shop. That'd be terrible. It just gets overrun. It absolutely <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, least you could have done was let them know, you asshole. Yeah, yeah, you're you're welcome, cronuts. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> it was spudnuts. Yeah, that's right, spudnuts. Because they used uh, potato flour. Okay, that's right. that's right. Yeah, well, they're still there, and where's Dimple? <laughs> At home, washing their tights. <laughs> um, one thing that we forgot to mention is this album has been sliced and diced over the years in its releases. Um, and when we get to the songs, I'll mention it, but um, what's available on streaming services now is two songs shy of what it was and one song added. Um, and it really makes a difference in my opinion, uh, listening to it the way it was originally released. So that is what we are going to be discussing is the uh, original CD uh, release of this album. And so when we get to the differences, I'll mention it. For today, we are going to jump right in to Iron Man, and we're going to start with track one, Iron Maiden. Show enough, hit the bank and thrust. Who know it? Cause Jamie Summer got trained on the tour bus. We upgrade, swallow raw eggs. Read the label, hitting white label. Left the window bagel, unstable, smooth sailing. Walked in, my earth start nailing, started stealing. I'm too ill, see what feeling at the ball. They kicked up, Mac, Max Motion. Michael Bolton, magazine quote, I'm too potent. Louisville, mixed pink, kill rap. Fuck 
Benadryl, a violin, and knowledge God sounds ill, tremendously obnoxious, no blotches, my telephone watch, and leave what take this topless, dead on the prosecutor, smack the juror, me and my girl will run like Luke and Laura, we sit back on my laying downs, sipping mixed drinks out of broke coke in the bowls, we wildin', sit back jollyin', All right, this track comes at you and lets you know what it is. It, it's immediately noticeable as a Wu-Tang song as you hear the grainy sample um, from uh, the, the, a film called The Education of Sonny Lar- Carson, which is not, not a film I'm aware of, but in research for this, it's a story about a kid that, you know, comes up through the streets, gets in trouble, basically like uh, definitely a tale, a tale of, of woe. Of a, of a kid that has to uh, become streetwise way before his time because he's, he's a youngster and, and gets and gets caught in the uh, in the, the prison system. Um, and then uh, the drums hit. You have this bouncing bass line with a horn sample, sirens bouncing from ear to ear string plucks in the background and you just have yourself a crispy crispy rizza beat um you've got three rappers on this particular track you've got raekwon um doing what he's known for which is kind of his mafioso rap telling stories of uh of of uh, with uh images uh, and really good he's just kind of laid back like just so sweet as sweet as honey flow um, you've got Capadonna, who's like the full-throated, um, a, a more aggressive rapper. And you've got Ghostface, who just bounces any style he needs to in a song. Um, uh, the, the song itself is um, definitely uh, street posturing. Um, they talk a lot about wallabies, which I forgot to mention. Ghostface was known in the old days for his shoes, the wallabies. He didn't make them, but he would dye them for people. He would dye them crazy colors to match their clothes. He, it was a side hustle for him. He got known in, in, in Staten Island for doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, you've got yourself. A, it's got a it's got a catchy little hook. And uh, Steve, what do you think about Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden's a great opener. Uh, are those Wallabies on the album cover here? Yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah. stack of their shoes as they're yeah doing in their warehouse. No, <laughs> I like and I like. Yeah, it's a great opener. Um, it sets the tone for the entire album and it also kind of sets the tone for Ghostface in general. Uh, one thing uh, Ghostface is my favorite Wu-Tang affiliate member and his albums are the only ones when they come out that when they come out, I'll listen to the new albums. I have not listened to every Wu-Tang related album, but whenever Ghostface puts out a new record, I'll check it out. And that kind of starts here because this is, this, this has an Al Green uh, uh, sample or beat. And uh, he, he always kind of had like a little bit of soul uh, going on on his solo albums. Yeah. And that's going to, on this record, come up again and again. But, uh, you know, also during the five-year plan era of Wu-Tang, uh, it's kind of cliche to this point, but anytime they bring up a, uh, they, they, they sample an old Kung Fu movie, or in this case, an old uh, movie of, uh, you know, from the 70s, I assume. What is what, what is that yeah. movie that this comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It's like probably from the black exploitation seventies. Yeah, you know, you know, motherfucker, give me the message that uh, yeah. you ain't smoky. And I think it, I think they sample that movie later in the in the album again. They do, they do. Um, yeah, uh, I, uh, the education of Sonny Carson, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's a great opening track, and um, yeah, I just, I, 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 it sets the the watermark. The rest of the album pretty much meets. Um, I, 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 I like it. It's a good opening song. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mark. This this is uh, this intro is your you know not that it's the only Wu Tang song you've ever heard, but this intro a deep dive for you into a Wu Tang album. How did it open? It didn't sound anything like the original song by Iron Maiden. That's for sure. Um, just joking. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it has some excellent soul samples. Uh, great bass line. It actually does make it feel that there's like a live backing band. Um, which kind of neat, um, good production, I would say on that, um, has really good horn use and good siren use and, uh, the opening dialogue. The one thing that I do really appreciate about this record as a whole, um, now this record was released in 96 and it seemed at that time, anytime that I would listen to anything from the hip hop or rap world, there was going to be skits. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that there's not skits at all. I mean, even yeah, like Outcast yeah. for crying out loud was doing that. And I love Outcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's um, one thing about this is that they use this uh, kind of their influences to kind of further that story along rather than coming up with these weird comedic skits that always yeah. just would take me out of completely the record. <laughs> yes. Can you, I mean, have, have we talked about the reason why uh, I, I don't want to like, go into too much of a tangent but i have no idea the answer to that question but skits took over 90s rap there's no doubt about it and i think wu-tang at least initially is sidestep that except method man who found himself believed himself to be a bit of comedian and could get people like chris rock on his albums would have skits uh but you know he was a little bit more cinematic um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is the era of CDs were they padding just yeah. <laughs> 74 minutes? Think of like the Dr. Dre, the chronic and like, there's just so God, there's so many, so bit. There's so many. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Eminem. Oh, like, but also maybe, I mean, the, the chronic and yeah, definitely started around the chronic and doggy style. Um, those guys smoked a lot of weed and maybe they thought they were way <laughs> funnier than they were. And uh, right. that just started a trend that unfortunately many of their contemporaries and those they influenced continued. Not necessary. You don't got to do it. <laughs> right. No. Right. Right. I mean, right. I say that I say that as a guy that whenever I edit edit an episode, I'll fucking you know drop in a goddamn uh, clip from you know All in the Family <laughs> or something. So fucking <laughs> like you know I get it. Sometimes the uh, the urge is so strong. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Last I checked, our podcast aren't be no one's no one's paying fifteen dollars a podcast from us. And if they are, <laughs> uh, I want where's our cut? So. Exactly. Chance them, that's what they said, threw up a ransom. I jacked it, stripped the beat naked, and back to give me my boy. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, one other thing, um, I I do know that it this album does weigh heavy on that common rap trope, um, which maybe I'm being a little bit too um, uh, broad brush, you know. Um, but calling out the fakers and the posers, everyone is saying that no, I know how life on the streets, uh, you know, all these other people who probably were raised in the suburbs, they don't know what it's really like. Now they're trying to make money off of an image that I actually lived. Mm-hmm. I feel like every rapper has a song in their catalog that does this. Um, right. It's just one of those things. Uh, but overall, I, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a particular line that I think you could probably bring up as, as maybe a, a, a marketing tool for uh, for Apple, Mark, is the uh, my telephone watch will leave bartenders topless. You know, that was back. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when they didn't have telephone watches that was some james bond shit so that's uh, true yeah <laughs> uh, there's a weird line in here I mean, too. that's my pickup line yeah. too I'm yeah no you. exactly uh there's a there's a weird line in here about like the about something like the violin and knowledge god sounded ill and i had to look it up knowledge god is a song on rayquan's album and apparently it was controversial that they were putting strings uh, in their beats like like classical tinges and 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 such like it was uh at that time it was almost considered whack i mean not by you know not by anybody with taste but the rap community apparently some people gave them shit for uh for that particular track um and uh as you can see there's violins all over this and like so much so that in uh wu-tang forever came out he hired chamber musicians to do live uh string work on it um so they, the string the in. strings are some of my favorite stuff on his albums yeah 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 no it's it's good so that was just an interesting uh, little line there um they all get they all get good verses here uh i do think um ghost definitely takes you know shows up and and introduces himself hey can i ask you a couple a couple things from that that yeah. sample actually um at the end of the sample uh, the just me and you motherfucker just me yeah. and you I put trademarks around your fucking eye. Yeah. yeah. Does that come, does putting trademarks around someone, does that come up in other albums or did I make that up? I don't know. I mean, you could see like maybe he has like a, a ring with his initial on it. I got to watch the movie. Let's watch Education of Sonny Carson and, and find out for ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, it's a good, it's, a, it's quotable. And like their samples are so good. Like I remember watching when I watched Kill Bill and they were watching like Shogun Assassin and I was like, oh, wait, that's from, that's from Liquid Swords. That's from Liquid Swords. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's uh, highly quotable, their samples. It's great. Um, we swallow raw eggs. It's very, yeah. what's that mean? We swallow, well, that means they're tough. You know, bodybuilders eat raw eggs. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. you gotta get that protein. I also like that they, uh, they he name checks Luke and Laura from General Hospital. That's an <laughs> interesting choice. Yeah. Ghostface always, whenever he does a pop culture Evergreen. reference, it's always old and like not cool, which, is, <laughs> I, which I love. It's like, it's, it's, it's I mean, like, you're just, you look at the guy. Yeah. Like he just, yeah. <laughs> he looks, I love him. I, I yeah. like, he talks about being so tough, but when you look at him, he kind of looks, I don't know how to explain. He looks like a slightly like a cartoon. Yeah, um, yeah. He's very yeah. animated looking. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, so that brings us to our second track, Wild Flower. Let's give it a listen. Back in Buku Cash, girlfriend sifted you and laughed, yo. While I was.
was on tour hall You went to work, quick, fast Had a nigga dick in the dirt You couldn't wait just to kidnap the bait of my sperm Who is you at, ho? Pinky out, she put in my perm That's all you ever said to me Thought that could hold me Remember when I long dicked you And broke your over you so Wildflower is a uh, track. It's It starts with a... Um... Pearl clutching. <laughs> yes. It, it like starts you saw with... mouse in the kitchen. It starts with a uh, sample from a film called JD's Revenge, uh, where a girl says, that was the best fucking I ever had. And uh, it, 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 it launches into a kind of chaotic um, uh, beat. It's got a little boom bap. Uh, beat, which is what I generally call like uh, anything that sounds like a like a fuzzy '90s uh, drum beat. Um, it's got this out of tune Asian string kind of going dancing from ear to ear. Starts with a lady rapper who um, starts like a, just a really quick little, not even a verse, like two measures, um, and you get that it's a diss track a one of those classic uh girls versus boys diss track although the girl gets like like i said two measures and then ghostface kind of takes it uh takes it from there um and it's uh it's dirty it's fucking filthy <laughs> the song is um and uh i'll edit it in whoever that rapper was because she's not credited on the album um but anyways um it's a it's a filthy song he's he's rapping about a girl that did him dirty and um uh he gets uh he gets pretty pretty filthy in here um uh like uh you know fucked you on a chair with three legs broken tables had you screaming while i was biting on my cables um the beat is fun though and it gets it gets pretty experimental towards the end um but yeah no it's uh there are some definitely some lines in here that he was definitely trying to make me uh, go 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 pale or or, or blush or, or a little bit of both. Um, but Wildflower, Mark, how do you feel about Wildflower? Um, just another broken-hearted love ballad, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's he's not exactly woman hating here. I don't. I I can kind of get a little bit more uh, nuance than than that. Um, but he's yeah. definitely more expressing anger at this particular significant other. Um, so like, I think while if you want to misread the lyrics of um, saying just another more evidence of uh, misogyny and rap, um, all this song does contain that to a, just one individual, but not to all uh, yeah. where I'm feeling to all women kind, or if this is not his viewpoint on women, this is just someone who, uh, I think cheated on him and now he's kind of going through all of those emotions of what it's like to be. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Mark. I, I think that's, that's a good point. I mean, he, it's a story about a particular situation and he kind of goes off on it. And, and, and that's, what's good about ghost faces. You know, he could have done broad strokes with, with, you know, and, and made it about every girl, but it was, it was, it, you, it's definitely a, a pointed target for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I clearly I wouldn't know. Uh, hopefully, I would never know what it's like to be, you know, where your trust is completely damaged like that. So maybe I would be singing these types of same songs too if uh, my heart was broken that much, right? 
Right. I mean, this kind of like rap, if this was his entire uh, uh, style, it wouldn't be necessarily my jam. No, uh, it's not, not just not because really. I'm like, you know, woke about things like this because I can see the subtext. I can see the nuance. I just think that overall, it's just kind of lazy. Um, but, yeah. it, you know, it, it works. It, th- lyrically, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, the beat, it does... Um, kind of fade into the background for me it has a very kind of uh it doesn't have much dynamics there's not like any kind of hooks it's just yeah that he beat all throughout um so it's fine but it's not my favorite song on the record by any means uh, i the the no hooks thing it's funny when i was listening to a couple tracks here i was like oh shit mark mark loves a hook and there's <laughs> some of these tracks don't have them uh when that was one thing about wu-tang when they kind of came out is like yeah they would have some hooks but they were always, there were nine rappers that were fighting for verses because they would all do verses for a track and RZA would pick right. the, the, the hardest ones, like the best ones. And um, so sometimes you get, you will get songs that are just like five rappers going all out verse after yep. verse after verse, no hook, which I think from like appreciating the art is, is interesting. But if, you know, if you're looking for hooks, you will, that is a trope in, in, in Wu-Tang that, that, I, you know, definitely maybe turns people off to him as well. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. Steve, what do you think about Wildflower? I think it's a ballsy move to make this song, but also put it as the second one on the album. Yeah. Um, it's kind of something you want to bury towards the end. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, not not a high watermark on the record. Uh, the beat isn't anything to write home about. Um, and if your beat's going to be average when lyrically you'll hope that you'll uh, achieve something higher than this uh, tirade. Um, sure. It, it, it does make me laugh quite a bit. I mean, some of it is legitimately no matter uh, how awful it is. It's funny stuff. I mean, uh, the, the word use is still great. I mean, there's some, there's some uh, slang and metaphors here that I don't understand, but I know it's uh, not good stuff guys, <laughs> but um, yeah, those are like, you know, my dick was so big. I long dicked you and broken ovary. <laughs> wow. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. just keep thinking of uh, the gremlins from gremlins too. Was it, was that civilized? <laughs> Hardly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, is, it's like Larry, the cable guy says, I don't care who you are. That's funny. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I would never just put this song on, No. but, uh, no. it's, it's, it's almost over before it begins. It's fine. Yeah. I it's, yeah. It's, yeah I'm with you uh this I that was even you know even when I was only listening to rap music for a few years in the 90s there like the sex jams uh not that I made me grab my pearls it was just kind of like that's private you know I don't want to hear that that's that's your private business <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy about him, but it, it was, it was definitely funny. Uh, and, and as, you know, as, as spiteful as this is towards a particular lady, uh, they circle back and make up for it in, in, fl- uh, with flying colors, a few tracks later. So, and we'll get to that. 
Um, track three brings us to the faster blade. The Faster Blade is actually, strangely, though it's a Ghostface album, this is 100% Rayquan rapping on this track. Ghostface is nowhere to be seen. Um, it's uh, a globe-trotting Scarface tale um, uh, where, you know, he's talking about checking out Ruby's from Diana jet skiing in Atlanta, making some power moves out of Savannah. Uh, just kind of doing Ray's thing. Um, I do like the drum set beat and the repeating xylophone. Um, and, uh, but this is another just all verse, no hook uh, little piece. It's a showpiece for Rayquan, probably a thank you for, uh, for um, including ghosts on most of the tracks on only built for Cuban links. Um, and I just find, I find Rayquan's uh, rapping to be, rather soothing so it's it's fine um what do you think steve i think it's a pretty good song i mean when you're on the corner and shit you got to be on some hands down shit you know what i mean um, that's right you got to nah, i i and i think that raekwon and ghostface pair together so well it makes sense for him to have a track that's pretty much a solo track and ghostface was all over his debut album wasn't he yeah, that's yeah. They were they were like I said, that was their Batman and Robin album. There. Yeah, and I mean Raekwon, Capadonna, and Ghostface all have a lot of time on this record, so having Raekwon have a solo track uh, makes sense. Uh, I, it's 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 another. There's some of the tracks in the second half. I think this album's actually back heavy um, as it goes along. I I have I, I like I have a place in my heart for the songs. That we're going to get to more than the the, the first half. Yeah, that's um, right. but this one has great production from RZA. I mean, which is this is the golden age of RZA. Uh, even though a lot of the production might sound it never sounds samey, but you know when you hear it, and uh, this is still great stuff. Um, it's got a sample from a, a group called the Persuaders, and it's a song called "Can't Go No Further and Do No Better." up really well and um yeah i think you could find this obviously and only built for cuban links it would fit right in yeah anything to add there mark um the production work does really remind me of uh dj shadow uh, i think that first record of his also came out the same year mm. um very um soothing i think uh, your description really is uh accurate i uh, it's not high energy, uh, certainly after the first two tracks. Um, so it kind of takes it into a, I mean, it's not like a uh, ambient song by any means, but it just, it it's more of that, let's chill out for a second here and we tell you a little tale. And um, I do think that it's rather interesting to have a record um, under your name um, and not be featured on that song like you had pointed out. 
Um, <laughs> so it does make it seem like it's more of a collaborative, um, even though it's a ghost face killer in the majority of the songs, he is featured, but uh, it's quite something. Yeah, I'm going to have a solo record and I'm not going to even be on a track that has actually a vocal lyric to it. Right. You know, <laughs> I think, yeah. And I think Raekwon's on like 13 of the tracks on, on this record. So um, he's truly a co-star. Yeah. Good song though. I like it. Yeah. Well, that brings us up to the track 260. You understand? Let me get mine first. Then after I get yeah. mine, you can do what you want to do. Scandalous. Yeah, miraculous. The awesomeness. Kick down the door in a spot 260, 2L. I heard they had O's for sale. I heard the same shit. Money driver, burgundy whip. Keep a low faded like some places in great pay. Where's the cat from? Think he's from New Jerusalem. Pretty Rick did his thing for him, but he was using him. 260 is uh, a kind of a uh, uh, raucous storytelling song. It does have more samples from Education of Sonny Carson. It's got a sample repeated throughout of, um, I believe it's the vocal sample that's carry that that loops um, with "You Ought to Be with Me" um, by Al Green, and uh, this will be not the first time I I, I reference uh, Quentin Tarantino. I think it makes sense that RZA was brought in to do Kill Bill. I feel like they have a lot of crossover, and it turned out they they ended up meeting at one point and became good friends with their their love of kung fu cinema and. Um, exploitation films of course but uh, this one is an action-packed drug raid that that kind of goes wrong where two two guys are running in on a on a drug spot and and and, and things go things go wrong um and it uh just kind of gets into that it's a you know you just buckle up and go along for the ride i really like the tom heavy beat um and the horn riff that really just feels like a 70s 70s track which once again i think there you you do hear that in in, in some twi- tarantino scores too or the scores he uses in his movies it's a fun track so it's a, it's a fun one mark what do you think about 260 260 yeah good soul production followed with a really engaging narrative story about a drug hit that went bad um so that's that's uh kind of fun as i was looking through the lyrics and following along uh, which is kind of part of the enjoyment um uh, for me at least of listening to rap music because they're just firing off all of these um fast lyrics and sometimes i sound like a old man when i'm saying this but it's it's nice to know like how what to follow the story that they're trying to tell um so i need to take things a little slow apparently um but it uh when i was reading it it says it uh at this one other um i think it was genius.com mm-hmm. they were talking about the five percenter terms mm-hmm. uh, so which caused me to wikipedia that do you have any uh, context on that eric yeah and it comes up more um it comes up more heavily later tracks but uh Five percenter, I believe, is connected to like Nation of Islam, um, the kind of uh, black Islamic 
faith um, and also uh, connected to their belief in, uh, well, not belief, but part of the Wu-Tang mythology is numerology too, um, where uh, kind of numbers tell a, tell a prophecy. Um, and so um, I didn't write a note on this particular track about that. Um, but yeah, the five, five percenters are, are definitely um, uh, some of the, um, the Islamic belief system that they, that they're connected to is um, especially uh, from this guy, Papa Wu from Staten Island, who's kind of like their, um, their spiritual, spiritual leader, or at least the, the, the ones that followed it. And Ghostface was definitely, at least at this point, that was, that was definitely a focus of his. Yeah, I mean, um, I had no idea. Uh, it just kind of shows my, um, I don't want to say ignorance, but just unawareness of, of that. But I guess that could be one and the same. Um, but yeah, no, it's fascinating. But yeah. other than that, good track, though. Good soul yeah. production. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely see the Quentin Tarantino um, uh, comparison that you made for uh, I think they did the soundtrack for Django Unchained together, right? Uh, no, it was uh, Kill Bill. It was Kill Bill. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah both of them. He brought him, brought him on to do some original score, but a lot of it was like sound design, pulling like how they were looping and, and sampling other scores. It was, yeah, it was kind yeah. of a cool, uh, cool collaboration yeah. on that. All right, Steve, uh, you're up on 260. Yeah, what's, the, uh, what's 260 mean? Well, that's the apartment number that they are rating the drug spot that they're rating see yeah this is a uh the the song has more samples from the education of sonny carson which is why we really need to watch that movie um this one uh, again i think the production is serviceable it's definitely rizza but uh i i don't know if it's uh anything to write home about um you know lyrically i think it's it's one of the more faster paced tracks i mean they're kind of overall what telling a story here about uh is it is it a drug yeah it's like two it's like two two dealers that are robbing from another dealer and they like bust in on a drug spot and then things go awry yeah i mean the 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 lyrics are uh uh, you know uh, 25 words per second here so it moves pretty quick and um i don't know it, get, it gets you to the next track I, I definitely think that this album even even on some of the songs that don't blow my mind there's a level of consistency to the production and the crossfading even that uh this album is very cohesive so even if a song doesn't blow my mind on it it's stitched into the overall record in such a manner where I'm fine with it to get me to the next song. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. There is a, there is a uh, order. There's a sequence to this album um, and things get heavy in the second half. Um, yeah. And even, so. even though that some, even though because of uh, licensing problems, I mean, I didn't dig up my CD copy of this. I listened to it on Apple, but even, even the, the versions that aren't the original uh, true uh, sequenced album, they still managed to put something together here that feels very cohesive. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, good. Well, then the next track that it leads us to is Assassination Day. 
And this has the this has the biggest lineup, I probably on the album Raekwon, RZA, Inspector Deck, and Master Killer. Well, my third eye's the guy to light, invite the fight, we all die tonight, the life I live, the 25 to life bid, parole we nigg, I stroll a globe fugitive, cream of short, T-cypher, power stalk, plus the fiend talk, 3G's the course in Supreme Court, white lies and black. Alright, this song has some uh, dialogue at the beginning from Usual Suspects, and a film called Crying, Crying Freeman. Um, it's got a dizzying organ and sound effect loop, um, but then at some point it clicks into a guitar riff and gets real smooth. There's a clicky beat, and um, you've got a bunch of rappers kind of setting up situations where each one, each verse tells its own little story about someone that's got to that's got to kill, that's got to murder. Um, so, Steve, what do you think about Assassination Day? Oh, this song actually, it's a high watermark, man. One of my I love the use of the There Is No Coke sample from Usual Suspects. No um, Coke! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that Gabriel Byrne yelling that? <laughs> That would, that would make sense. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Yeah, and I mean, Assassination Day, that's like a, again, that's a sample Tron heavy <laughs> uh, song. Um, if I were to, you know, produce a track on this album, we'd probably do that one. Uh, and Crying Freeman, never watched it, never read it, but I always knew about it even when I was a kid. That was a, like an, an anime or a, a manga that uh, was not for kids. I read about the synopsis of it in my Wizard magazine. Make me make my palms sweat. But yeah, that organ is awesome. There's a dusty, dusty '70s lounge vibe to this track, and that's I think Ghostface often has like a '70s lounge vibe. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I really mean more, more to the beat on this one. It's just like it's a, it's a it, it's on this one like I've been saying that this is not not risen by the numbers but these are all Rizza beats. This one is not there's not a lot going on, but it sets a good foundation for all of the the vocals over it. And sometimes less can be more, and I think in this case less is more. Uh, that organ though is awesome. I really like this song. Temptation tempts my victim to proceed forward. Ignorance wouldn't allow retreat. You'd rather pursue death than admit defeat. Now who's best to describe for what I specialize in? Murderous rhyming, constantly inclining. My mind spits within yeah. a Mark, what do you think about Assassination Day? Um, so yeah, I picked up on the intro from The Usual Suspects. And is, if I'm not mistaken, Ghostface Killer is not on this song either, right? Just Master Killer, Ray, Inspector Deck, and Riza, right? Uh, yeah, you're or right. Am I wrong? No, you're okay. absolutely, you're 100 right. This is not okay, featuring so two our, in a row. our host. Not featuring our featuring our host on this particular track. Um, and uh, they're just basically expounding on the art of assassination, is what I got really out of the lyrics. Um, but I will say that Riza's section is kind of a drag for me. Um, although he has an all-timer line such as silent as the gases that pass through your anal. Yeah. <laughs> a, uh, yeah. 
very oh, eloquent way of saying farting. So as, as as good as RZA is as a producer, uh, his rapping is uh, every now and then he'll get a good verse, but he he's got a marble mouth. And like Steve said on our B side episode, it sounds like he just woke up. Um, <laughs> yeah, he knows he knows how good he is at doing everything else. He doesn't have to. Right. You know, I. I at the same time, he's a man. You're saying Jazzy meditation. Jeff. Well, he's a man that's all about meditation, <laughs> meditation, bettering yourself, becoming as good as you can be. And I guess he just decided to focus all of his energies into production and he didn't want it. So he did. That's why he thought that it would be a fool's errand to uh, work on his MC skills. Right. right. I, uh, yeah. I mean, his verse, because they're each one, each verse is about like a different kind of assassination that's about to happen, some different target. And his is about essentially taking out a landlord, like a, like a fucked up landlord, um, makes the projects more livable if they, if they kill them off, um, which is interesting, but, um, really, I think it's, uh, I believe it's master killer has, has the, uh, the, the verse about the inmate who's going to assassinate somebody in prison, the, uh, move through the third world, my third eye is the guiding light, invite the fight. We all die tonight. Um, that, he's he's got a really good verse on this one really stands out and he's one of the more kind of forgotten members but he's always been a, a firm member of, of wu-tang even at that time this came out capadonna wasn't even a, an official member but uh master killer was and and he really kind of in my opinion he kind of steals the show on this particular track one uh i, I always like it when uh wu-tang references either um the elements or like cosmic um co cosmic philosophies and on this one they do I, I really like the crunch time in the first quarter from the worst slaughter devils poisoning the birth water the earth daughter rests her head on my chest through the struggle we cuddle under a half moon crest i really like that verse nice. um yeah yeah whenever whenever there's philosophizing about the cosmos or references to the power of nature uh in their songs it always stands out to me. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, that's a, so that's a, or, or maybe a high water of side, side one for sure. Uh, especially from a storytelling perspective. Um, it takes us on to poisonous. Let's darts. see you try the water technique. The sky is high. The cloud is low. But my water technique is hot. That the earth can absorb water. Sky is high, the cloud is low. But my water technique is hard to beat. But the earth can absorb water. What the fuck? I got the loose eyes. Word to God, let's get it on. Clap your heels three times. Grab the magic wand. Which has some dialogue from Mystery of Chess Boxing, the Kung Fu flick. And it is. It's it's got this horn and string loop, and RZA does something often where a lot of producers will like they'll make their beat and they'll loop it after four measures. Sometimes RZA will loop it after two to give it a sense of urgency. So like if I was gonna beatbox this out, forgive me, uh, four would be like, but then two would be like it just it just loops it before it does the full loop. And then when you add the, the horns on it, it becomes dar, 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 dar. like, so this one, uh, he's doing that, he's looping at two instead of four, um, which definitely almost feels like a skipping record. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's got this whole like, uh, 
globe trotting rap game to drug game analogies about, about how they're similar um and talking about how like they'll swarm the sor the source awards this is when you first get that killer bee um imagery which become much more of their like part of their brand um when wu-tang forever would come out um and uh yeah so mark what do you think about poisonous darts yeah um poisonous darts i actually do like this track quite a bit i think it has a good um i guess representation of what that signature sound is coming from uh just the whole wu-tang um uh, universe essentially you know that that yeah. sort of beat in that sort of production is now just it's that grimy kind of soul plus kung fu movies and uh you got a stew going with that <laughs> yeah um and Love lyrically it. just kind of talking about his skills new fame uh having the time with some jet magazine ladies as you know one does in his position sure. you know as he's uh climbing up the ranks in terms of his fame based on how good of a MC lyricist that he is. So yeah, uh, Poisonous Starts, it's good. Yeah. Steve, anything to add on this particular track? Oh, yeah, this song is awesome. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the mystery of chess boxing, uh, that, that samples great. And also, thank you for the very good description of that style of uh, beat mixing where it sounds like almost like it's skipping. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo does that and that takes talent to you know make that rhythmic um yeah and it's awesome they do yeah he does that a lot and it's very catchy um yeah no I I am a big fan of this track and uh it, it just it's kind of this sounds like yeah like Mark said this is a, this is when you think of the Wu-Tang Clan this is a Wu-Tang Clan song almost cliched I mean there's even this song has like samples of actual like you know punches slicing through air and kicks and shit i mean it's got it's got all that stuff um there's a lyric in here that uh, uh what's he talk about he says something along the lines of like his vaccine shoots through and sticks to your head like sideburns um <laughs> yeah my vaccine i shoot it firm and it connects like sideburns pretty sure he's talking about sperm i'm not sure but uh connects like sideburns i like that imagery um sure also he brings up killer bees locked the fuck up behind cages the eric uh can you explain the what's what, what's behind the killer bees well yeah so that was uh, that was just part of riz's branding um he he said in his book uh the the dow of of wu-tang that one of the first movies he ever remembers seeing is like it's called Attack of the Killer Bees or something. I think it's like Michael Caine in it. It's like a, it was one of those B movies with a killer bees attacking, but it stuck with him. And um, they would start using that more in their lyrics. It would be featured prominently in the music videos from Wu-Tang Forever, where they use a bunch of CGI bees. Um, they would, uh, their affiliates, they would put out compilations with their affiliates and call, you know, and the whole projects would be called Wu-Tang Killer Bees. Um, but just in general, they, this is this. It was definitely branding as as, as the Wu Tang Clan was not enough of like a crew name. That now now the Killer Bees was your your extended universe, I guess. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
business. Um, yeah. So anyways, that, 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 that is a fun track. And that brings us to, uh, the next track, which has been removed from the streams and, um, which is a travesty because I find this one to be one of like a, if you made like a top 10 Wu-Tang songs, this not, not that this would necessarily be in my top 10, but this is one of their biggest hits. Like this would, this would, this is on all the best of Wu-Tang, essential Wu-Tang listening. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why it's not on this album on the streams anymore. Well, it's gotta be a licensing issue. There's gotta be a sample that could, this one, this one, does have some samples and we'll get to it but the song is called winter wars Yes, this shit is raw, coming at your door. Start to scream out loud, Wu-Tang's back for more. Yes, the hour's four, I told you before, prepare for mic fight. And plus the Cold War. This rhyme you digest through the RZA console. Axe Y, slam nine, diagram pole. Raekwon dropped the bomb, hunch back. Notre Dame, golden arms is bronze. Who the palm, hit Quran, it blows extreme. Mean stream, be the theme, supreme team. America's cream team, redeem, beat out the zone. Chrome tones, hit the moans of Al Capone. Gunpowder to the dome, it splits the Bone. Wig blown off the ledge by the alleged full fledged sledge rizzer edge one dose of my baroche handheld trigger clutch agapella spitting shell paralyzed you get touched critical mic cords hanging like umbilical cords those swords five star general will be the quote winter wars uh, is also a crew track it's got capadonna you god master killer wake raekwon and scott ghostface on this particular track um it's got a sample by, called I Think I Do It by ZZ. Don't get too excited, Steve. Hill, ZZ Hill. And <laughs> Midnight Theme by somebody named Manzel. So um, I don't recognize the, the samples in this, but it is a very catchy. Um, it's like a buzzy little uh, uh, like funk loop that happens on this song. And this one has that like, yes, this shit is raw coming at your door. You're screaming out loud, Wu-Tang's back for more. Um, those of you that have seen the classic Wayans Brothers film, uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Uh, this is the song that Grandmama is listening to as she rolls down the street in her lowrider. Um, uh, it's it's iconic. This is an iconic Wu-Tang song, you know, for sure. Steve, what do you think about Winter Wars? Not much. Because I never heard it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You said you only listened to the Apple one. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't listened to it a long. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I definitely don't have any notes on it tonight. It's a good song, but no, I didn't li- for for this uh, podcast. I did not revisit it. Ah, well, when you get off, just listen to it because it is a gem. That it's like taking, it's like taking like heart shaped box off of an in utero re release. Doesn't make sense. It was it was the big hit, one of the big hits off this album. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, so yeah, I almost fell into that same trap. I, I even believe that it was grayed out, showing uh, if you're listening to it on Apple Music that it was there, but you can't listen to it. Um, so I searched high and low, uh, and what I mean by that, I had uh, an email from someone on this show with a Dropbox link and or a Google Drive link and that's uh, to make sure I got the official track listing so yes I did listen to it it's a solid group effort um, I understand that Capadonna claimed that his verse was a freestyle 
yeah um, which has been seen as one of the highlights from the song uh me personally i learned that the uh numerical code for dick is 49311 so that's something <laughs> um and lyrically we're just showcasing the skills and how they're better than everyone you know just it's hip-hop one of those things it's hip-hop most, most rap yeah 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 that that kappa verse is is all-timer and i was watching an interview with i think it was master killer who's on the song and they the guy it was from like hot 97 one of the new york stations they were like well you know do you guys play winter wars live and they're like yeah we do but that everybody they we just skipped the kappa's verse cd massacre murder took a set i blow the shop up you ain't seen nothing yet one man ran trying to get away from it put your bifocal on watch me or come if into your chamber like freddy into dream this kaboomerate your technique in your scheme four cause applause like a blackjack did that you stuck on stupid like i'm stuck on the map nowhere to go except next show Bro, entertaining motherfuckers can't stop OM battling. You don't want me to start tattling all up on the stage cause y'all snakes keep rattling. Bitch, you ain't got nothing on the rich. Every other day my whole dress code switch. So just in case you wanna clock it's me like Sherry, all y'all it's, it's crap. Definitely considered a uh probably one of the one of the best showings on a Wu Tang album from a guy that wasn't officially in a member at that point. Um and uh, he just keeps going like he gets like i think everybody gets like a good 45 second verse i mean he gets like two and a half minutes he's uh he just keeps going and going um it's pretty I, imp- impressive can i uh can i look up the don't be a menace tr- soundtrack and is it on there in the streams oh that's a good question maybe that's why <laughs> it, it might be i know it was on the soundtrack so um but anyways it's a it's it's a great song it's not my favorite song on this record but um it's it was a single it was a big hip-hop hit um and it's had staying power for sure um and that brings us up to the next track where we're on to side two now Um, and things will get get a little heavier as we go on but we have a song called box in hand but nameless thugs with aimless slugs shooting at these stink bitches. That's evil brainless above. I make switches. Rub the lamp, I grant three wishes. Johnny B. Polly and I play bridges. Then I roll. 100% mind, 100% body, 100% soul. Individual asshole from the run. From this PLO extortion. Do the one. The next chamber. You're fucking with the star spangler. Box in Hand is actually not the name of the song. One thing you'll notice about Ghostface albums, and this must be because he leaves it up to the very last minute, is the song listings often have errors when they come out. Supreme Clientele doesn't match at all. If you look at the song listing on the back of the album to what you're listening to, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't line up whatsoever. And, and, and I think it's because what I've read is like, you have to, for artwork, you have to submit your, your album listing but Ghostface literally comes in in the like 23rd hour and, 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 and releases his tracks. Uh. <laughs> that, that's very Ghostface. To me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, he's like, like, almost like he's like, this is just an, it's a literal afterthought, but he's also like, why this is not important. The music is right. Important. Right, 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 right. Uh, so this song is really called, um, it's really called uh, the Wu will survive um is the name of this and the you have some backing vocals by the force mds the force mds was a singing group from their stapleton housing project um they give us a little intro 
and uh, they get into it. There's also a sample from the Jackson Five. Never can say goodbye. Steve, anything to say about? That's a great song. We will I like it so much. I can't even wait for you to ask me. No, it's yeah. uh, a, <laughs> you know, I, I know I was referring to it as box in hand in my notes. Right. Um, it's just, it's really catchy. I love that opening uh, uh, soul vocal, um, the, the whole we will never fall apart, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's a good track. Um and as, as, as far as, uh, you know, what, what, are, what are the lyrics here for the We Will Survive? Uh, yeah, the whole, you know, because every time they flip a party, you know, the party screams and shouts. I, I love that part there. Um, and I am just going through the lyrics really quick. Does, well, Met- does Method, either, Man, Method Man has a great showing on this track. Uh, does, does either of the song titles have anything to do with the lyrics? I mean, only that that we will survive is what the song should have been called, um, and that's what the singing group sings. But yeah, yeah, no, it's got the uh, it's got the bad F word in it. Uh, yeah, yep, that's yeah. Getting to nineties that was that was that was rampant in the nineties yeah. and these euros, and probably still is on some albums now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hard one uh 90s rap um uh, and it's it, it is present on wu-tang some members worse than others uh ghostface is definitely guilty of of dropping the uh, you know part of my language with the fag bomb um and you know obviously if you look at the slang it wasn't literally about gay people but it doesn't matter you're equivalating something negative to to a, a derogatory term it's no it's like not, you know it's like it's like saying retarded. I just, right. I don't, I don't do it anymore. It's uh, yeah, it's not, it's not cool. It's not cool. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, can't, can't burn all these nineties rap albums. There's, there's some good stuff in there. There's, there's some socially important and culturally important things in there. Um, it's just one of those, those unfortunate things that hopefully people are moving away from, you know, Well, you get, you have that in there, but then it's quickly forgiven when you have the line, like a fat bitch in spandex free Willie. Ah, <laughs> uh, Method Man. Method Man could be very funny. He could be very funny. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty good track. Yeah. I dig it. I really, really like the opening. That's my favorite part. Of yeah. it. Uh, Mark, anything to say about this track? Uh, so um, it's just it's still another strong example of solid production work. Um, and I, to your point, I really do enjoy Method Man's delivery on that. Um, when I was uh, getting my notes together in my uh, initial research, I was looking for lyrics uh, to copy and paste over into my notes. And for whatever reason, Google search was showing something different. So I kept having to double check and recheck. And then uh, when you shared that uh, track listings are what they are, um, that kind of made a little bit more sense. Uh, but I did feel like at one point I was putting a puzzle piece together. Yeah, apparently um, later Ghostface released a B-side album called Hidden Darts. And yeah. the actual song called Box in Hand that has Method Man on it is on there. So you probably found lyrics for that, which don't which right. don't up at all. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it is interesting that, um, and I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot or anything like that, 
And maybe it's because of the, you know, look, I'm not going to die on the hill of Leonard Skinner by any means. Um, but I know that you were able to, um, you know, obviously they dropped the N-word quite a bit. Um, Hip-hop definitely has a kind of misogyny issue, a homophobia issue. Um, but yet you're still able to kind of look past some of those other transgressions on that genre of music. And I'm not trying to compare the two whatsoever, but like if a band that happens to be white, you know, puts up the, uh, uh, that fucking stupid flag, um, like Leonard Skinner seemed to do every now and then, maybe even continue. Uh, but you know, like, w tell me about that. This is CNN. You are watching Crossfire, brought to you by Patreon.com slash whole. On tonight's episode, watch Sparks Fly, as Eric thinks the band Leonard Skinner should go in the waste bin for being openly racist. Meanwhile, Mark thinks that Eric is showing a big double standard by condemning Leonard Skinner but being lenient towards derogatory terms in rap music. Stay tuned and see what happens. Like, how are you able to kind of uh, forgive one side even though that they may not be yeah. racist. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, first of all, when, when rappers or, or, you know, when, when black and African-American people use the, use the N word, that's just not something I can really judge because, you know, it's taking power away from that word. Um, sure. Which, which is, is, is fine. And really not my, my place to have an opinion on it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, you're right there, you know, as far as like the misogyny and the, uh, homophobia and stuff it's definitely a thing um i think some of this it's it's like the sopranos <laughs> where there's plenty of that no, in there too I, yeah but it's but definitely. it's story but it's storytelling it's characters and like when they're interviewed on that that showtime documentary rizzo specifically calls out like you know we have you know we love you know we've it was a we we wanted to create an experience where you know our gay fans and our and our fans from you know like they wanted to have an inclusive experience and i feel like right. it's one of those actions over words kind of thing and you know you know are these these no, that violent, makes a lot of sense violent I mean, homophobes are they telling like a story like a and the sopranos they would <laughs> forget about it you know they <laughs> very similar it's crime stories these people with these these, these old values of, of honor, it, it makes for interesting listening and there's offensive stuff that comes up, no doubt about it. I got, I actually, um, the way I also look at it is the braggadocio and um, some of the slang and the way that someone like Ghostface's brain might be wired is all comes from a place of how they were raised and um, the, the, the situation they were in, um, creating that type of person. And I feel that that is actually, you know, at the end of the day, if you're talking about growing up in the projects, um, I am not, this is not my expertise, but I, I feel like that is the result of decades of cultural issues and possibly systemic racism. And the end result that you do get is a lot of the, the mindset of some of the storytelling on this album. Whereas Leonard Skinner 
is the racism. They are the ones that are privileged enough to start the problems. Uh, am I making sense here? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Another yeah. difference. I think actions over words. I mean, certainly um, it's just one of those things that in rap music, you don't really find a lot of empathy. It is more about, eh, I mean, not always. That's not always true. Um, but it's it's more about kind of, uh, I am this hard and it, it, I just, I feel like sometimes it's punching down. Um, that's, that's where I sometimes check out a little bit. And I'm not saying that Wu-Tang is a strong culprit of this whatsoever. I'm just saying that this does yeah. exist. No, I think genre. it's fair. I, yeah, but you spend, you spend a lifetime of being punched down upon. Um, yeah, but I, then you're just looking for the next person to punch down upon. It's like no, I, I, I get it's it. almost I get like it. and do the right thing for for you know that big scene where everyone's zooming in and talking bad about it, the Koreans, talking bad about white people, talking bad about black people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just that it's this perpetual cycle of I don't know. I'm not really yeah. clutching my pearls here. No, I know. No, like, I think I it's, no, it's no, Mark just, he, he yeah. actually, he meant, you know, plug like a hole was about an hour ago, but Mark meant to tell us all that he just watched the movie crash. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah. I've never yeah. actually seen that movie. And oh, I don't boy. think I ever will. Boy. But Hey, Hey Mark, good. It's a good question. And there is, I mean, you're right. There, there's a bit of um, compartmentalizing going on when I, when I, you know, when I listen to it, but once again, I think, you know, Yes, there there is a misogyny and homophobia problem in rap. There's no question about that. Um, and then there you have a white band from the south that's talking about singing like, "Hey, don't forget about all the racism. Let's just have fun." And also, you know, we got a governor George Wallace who's pro segregation. That, that's fine too. He's all right too. Like it's like, okay, you, you have somebody coming from a place of like Steve said, a place of privilege that's also doing it. Um, I just feel like they're two different. I, I I have an easier time judging one than the other. Does that make sense? um no definitely and it does come from <laughs> also the music the, mean, the music is just better on here but <laughs> yeah there's that too there's that too but mark i think that's a, that's a good i think listening to rap music in this day and age with modern sensibilities i think it is important it's an important question i i, I, I i'm glad you brought it up well in regards to the the n-word i i can't even wrap my head like it's like the way that word is used by these men and women, I can't even process the difference and how they perceive it from what I think. And I don't even try. I like it's, 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 it's futile. There's no way in my existence I will ever be able to understand um, how they use it. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm saying they can, it can be used all they want. I just, as, as a white guy, I'm never going to get it because it's such a different reality. Uh, I, there's not even a, like, there's not even a comparable situation for me as a white guy to ever have been in to where a word can have that much of a, a loaded context to it. Right. Where right. I don't even, I don't even bother. I'm like, Hey, yeah, that's fine. Well, it was like, guys, uh, use all was, you want on your it's songs. It's funny, I, just today I was over at my in-laws house and, and my father-in-law was watching uh, Ken Burns Jazz and they were talking about how in the 40s uh, black jazz musicians started calling each other man and that was because the white people were calling them boy all the time. So they were using language 
to take ownership over some of this hate speech. I feel like there's something similar going on there. That's pretty but, interesting. But once again, I I um I think there's something similar going on there, but at the same time, such a loaded word, like you said, Steve. I'm I'm not in a position to, to really judge one way or another. I'm not gonna play it for my grandma. You've been watching Crossfire, brought to you by patreon.com slash pod like a hole. Do you want to throw your favorite music podcast a few digital coins for their digital tip jar? Go to patreon.com slash pod like a hole. Your heart will thank you for being so generous. Uh, all right. Well, that I think that was an important, important conversation. There's one thing I'm sure is that drugs destroy your mind and destroy your home. In the end, it'll only lead our country into ruin. has an Otis Redding sample and more crying Freeman dialogue um, or uh, or sound effects. Um, change is going to come as the, is the, is the Otis Redding. And this one is actually the only track on here not produced by the RZA. This is produced by the Master. Protégés. Other ones like Mathematics, Alchemist, or uh, he would have these, these guys that he would train on beats who after the five-year plan, we kind of take over and doing a lot of the tracks on, on the solo projects. Uh, this song has Rayquan and Capadonna on it. Um, it's the beat has a big rising horn and a really cool guitar hit. And uh, you've got uh, songs about, uh, it's more kind of like drug dealing, crime boss, kingpin uh, rapping. Steve, Fish. Well, tell us what is Fish all about because... Fish imagery is on a many ghost ghost face. It is. It is. Sometimes it's quite literal. I think fish, probably eating fish, was a uh, uh, delicacy. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I think I was reading about some fish dishes that were that were kind of, kind of coming out of Staten Island that were um, that they just enjoyed. Uh, we eat fish, toss salads, and make rap ballads is one of the opening lines on here. Um, but also in like the album Fish Scale, like the album artwork makes it clear that that's how they're smuggling drugs in through the port, which is a which was a practice too, because because the fish smell so so strong that you can't you know the dogs couldn't couldn't sniff the the drugs coming in through the if you hide them inside the the large fish bodies. But yeah, so I think it's a double meaning. It's a, it's, it's, it's a luxurious food and it's, it's related to the drug game. Big fan of this song. I think it actually might have the best production on the album, which is wild because it's the one non RZA song, but uh, I think it's got really dense production on it. Um, a lot of instrumentation and it's uh, 
yeah, I, I think if you were to try to sell somebody in this album, this might be the, the track you show them. A very great track. Um, I, I, I really like the last, is it the last line? No, it's somebody's last, about midway through the song. I remember who sings it. Uh, it might be Ghostface, but uh, the picture Afro picks Shish Kebabs and great track i think it's a really excellent showcase for this record uh, what a true master did you produce anything else worth a damn i i mean you'll just see him pop up on all the the post five-year plan solo records like he'll do a few tracks here and there yeah he's he mostly sticks with wu-tang and wu-tang affiliates but he's uh he's one of their house producers yeah, and this one has like a really good, um, it, it's almost like Ghostface, Capadonna, Raekwon. Yeah. They almost get an equal billing on this track. Yeah. Um, great song. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good one. Mark? Yeah, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's music to cruise a neighborhood in your Cadillac, too. Yeah. I would love to rent a Cadillac with you, Mark, and, and cruise around our neighborhoods. This. Make sure that it's just lowered, though, just by a little bit. But don't do it in Mark's neighborhood, or somebody will call the cops on you. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Gold Gold River too. Right, let's be honest. Um, no, 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 no. Like, but in Gold River, I mean, you make two right hand turns as soon as you're out, and then you're at a strip club. So that's right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's Steve true. knows the way. It's true. <laughs> Old centerfolds. Uh, so does Eric apparently? Yeah, what, what, <laughs> they they had a billboard on fifty that said something. It used to say something like twenty nine hot girls and one ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you uh, say when your son asked you about that? Uh, it's right. It's where the nice college students go to make a little money when they can't get to pay for student loans. <laughs> that's the something else Eric knows about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. All right, next track. Uh, this is uh, a track called Kame. You know how we do. Yo, what's the deal, Goldilocks? Ain't nothing. I'm just hibernating. Love that watch. Pour me some scotch and cold cavassia. No doubt. Have a cheer, boo. Let's get the following. Who you with? Me and Molly and some trickle Yugoslavian. What fabric is that? It's only wool and rayon. Lipstick, crayon, fly, Fahrenheit, spray on. I'm getting tipsy. I hope she reads like a All right, so this is a kind of the other side of the Wildflowers coin. This is a love song, and it is a weirdly a true love song rap music it is hard on the sleeve uh it's it's flirtatious but it's but it's not dirty um it's not a sex rap at all it is it is a true romantic track and in that way it's respectable this is a i found this to be to be interesting and and and, and ballsy uh ballsy um it has a set uh, uh sample of the song can't we try by teddy teddy pendergrass and you hear it kind of like as this mini mini uh chorus in between uh the verses where rayquan capadonna and ghostface are all romancing different ladies um it is uh it's got a this this bass line that slowly lowers and a clean 808 beat 
and this plinking piano line. And it just kind of echoes into the night when it hits those Teddy Pendergrass choruses. Nice, she elegant, pretty eyes, glasses, intelligent. Whispered in my ear that she's Sullivan. Whispered back to her ear, we don't have to go there. As I grabbed the hand, set her politely in the chair as we stopped and stare at one another. Black sister, the brother, I'm thinking all the time how she could be my lover. Mark Kamei, are you a fan of the lotion? Are you a fan of the song? What do you think? <laughs> uh, why can't it be both? That's right. Um, I think it's a strong track. It has a kind of a haunting element to it. Um, it has really uh, unexpected lyrics around wooing someone. I uh, didn't really realize that this gear would be found. I mean, of course, they're fans of soul music, and that's going to happen in soul music. So... Um, but I found this interesting quote in an interview with Raekwon, um, and he said that they started to respect that a lot of our shows, we would see females going crazy for us. We, we was pulling a lot of ladies back then trying to be the ladies, man. You know, if you got the money, you got the power, you got the bitches. And so it's, oh. uh, you know, poetry. Sure. Um, <laughs> but he wanted to do something for the women. Um, so, uh, uh, ghost came up with the title Cam, uh, Kame and we felt like, oh, nice title, perfect. And you think of cosmetics, such a nice name. So they wanted to write something dedicated to the women. 3133, Love to see it, folks. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, the hard guy that's uh, still got a heart ticking under there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that style of song. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the the rap song where it shows the guy that he's trying to, you know, they're trying to convey in their lyrics how witty they are. You know, he kind of actually gets that across. You almost feel like if you were to go on a date with one of these guys, like you can get the vibe uh, that they're trying to impress you. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this is a great track. Um, I think the, the you know, production's pretty good. It's kind of got a, it's got the, it's, it's, you know what, actually the production's, it's serviceable. It, there's not much there. I mean, the production's just kind of like these plinking pianos that is just setting the foundation for them to kind of go over it with their uh, their approaches to trying to show how sweet they can be to this lady. I mean, kind of show how sweet they can be, but not be doormats, show how funny they are, show that they're slightly more intelligent than the other guy. They really get that vibe across in this track. I think it's a good song. Yeah, yeah. And once again, I'm once again, I was impressed too. just kind of revisiting it um because like i said you never know what you're gonna get with a love jam from rappers but this one is respectful and um it's uh yeah it's sweet i think it's a sweet track uh glad you guys both enjoyed it um and that follow, we'll follow that up with uh one of the other bigger singles on this uh, album daytona 500 <laughs> Say peace to cats who rock Mac knowledge, knowledges, street astrologists, light up the mic, guard knobs, this block joints, the character points, Corolla, Motorola, Hola, play it guard, he pack over the shoulder, chrome tanks, play it like Yanks, check the franchise, front on my guys, my enterprise, blast many lives, repel our fakes like reflectors, he has sugar in his ear in his last crack career, we can can him, manhandle him, if you wanna run in his cribbo, get ditto, skate like a limo, inject to the fly state, relate, take a break, break down the eighth and then wait, drop it like Drake, duh. 
drugs, they be bowing and screwing. We can know what Daytona 500 is featuring Capadon and Raekwon, kind of the, the, the Batman, Robin, and the, uh, we'll, we'll go with uh, Nightwing. Um, and uh, you've got the Force MDs back, that's the singing group from their from the housing projects, um, that do the, uh, the intro and some of the, the, the chorus work. And then um, you've got a little sample from the song called Nautilus by Bob James, who's a composer, and Lady in My Life by Michael Jackson. Um, this one is a, what I would call a crate a crate digger beat. It's uh, dusty, it's got a nice bass slap, but it's got that real 70s uh, guitar horn work. Um, that definitely, like, I feel like it's got that 70s vibe, and maybe that, that, that it's got more of that kind of Tarantino Tarantino pastiche, um, which which is fun. Uh, so, what do you think about about this one, Steve? This is an all timer. Song is great. It's just like that beat gets stuck in my head just thinking about it. Um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's 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 got a great beat with that bass line but also um it's actually got some good turntablism on it and some scratching that sounds very organic um i mean i think this song could actually be you could put this on a a wu-tang proper album and it would be right at home um it's that good i think it should they could be elevated to one of their uh collective albums um, yeah i've always i've always liked it um somewhere out there is a matchup between this and a radiohead song uh, that was really good i could not find it but i know i had it at one point hmm. there's two good mashup albums you can find on the internet for their free releases uh there is a uh, Fu- uh fugazi which was I'm sorry, Wugazi, which was the Fugazi Wu-Tang mashup. And then there's the Beatles. Well, how'd it go? Well, a lot of it goes to Her Majesty. She's a little Yeah, I mean this album or this song is just a it's a high water mark on on this record. I believe it had a music video that was an anime. Um, yeah. And which was the style at the time as they would say. Right. And I am a big fan of it and that baseline just gets stuck in my head. It's a good one. Mark. Yeah, this is my favorite track off the record. Nice. Uh, it's got a uh, break beat that uh, the Chemical Brothers made a career off of. Uh, very block rocking, if you ask me. Um, I do enjoy this song uh, just because of how much of that earworm uh, that 
everything just fits perfectly together. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's very high energy and, uh, yeah, no, honestly, um, I can see it conceptually of how this could potentially fit with my, uh, iron lung. I think that's what you said, right? Yes. Um, yes, sir. But I'm sure girl talk probably mash it up with, uh, I don't know, some clash song or something. <laughs> Probably haven't. Uh, but yeah, good track. Nice. All right, and that that that, that kind of turns the corner as we wrap, like not wrap up, but we're getting to the last kind of quarter of this album, and we get into uh, some of the heavier tracks, and it starts with "Motherless Child." Kind of a there's another dusty beat, um, but this low bluesy vocal that kind of repeats, and uh, at some point it it, it it clicks into a more of a bouncy thing, um, but it's it's a good way of just kind of yes it's another like slang and drug story, but it is more in the more heartbreaking kind of forced into criminality. Um, not so much the Scarface fantasy, the more real, real side of it all. Um, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, the rich man, poor man, read the headlines. Um, essentially, uh, the people get murdered for spots and bigger dimes. And they're just like really going into uh, that, that kind of life and how you don't really get to, it's not really glamorous. Um and uh, just kind of has that really cool vocal sample, um, which is uh, by O.V. Wright. So, Mark, what do you think about this track? I don't have a lot to say about this one. Um, I remember Tom Jones did a song with Portishead that had this title. Uh, I'm sure that was a cover of... Um, fuck, I can't remember who initially sang this song. I want to say Nina Simone or something like that. I'm probably wrong. Uh, but good beats, story about a drug deal. That's pretty much all I have to say about this one. It didn't uh, get its hooks into me too hard. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. I think Wu-Tang was really good about doing the, the, the grimy realities of, of the, the kind of hood life um, and to varying effects. Obviously, like songs like Cream were top notch but this was uh definitely a cha- a, a tapping into that on this album steve what do you think yeah, it's a good song uh you you, you think it's going to go one one direction with that opening very soulful sample but it 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 quickly turns into just a wu-tang song um a ghost face and raekwon song uh the beat though i like it it's got that it's kind of got it's kind of got like just a guy sitting down at the piano um with a drum kit behind him and it does that effect of where it, it kind of is just like controlled skipping like you were saying eric and right it's, uh yeah it's it's 
got a great beat. Uh, the lyrics are nothing to write home about. It's more of the same old, same old kind of stuff they go through. I mean, right down to the music video in this case is just uh, like the two of them with hoodies on with a bunch of Dutch camera angles wrapping right at the camera. Um, interspliced with scenes of people sitting in a movie theater, uh, which is kind of like Woo 101. But nice, good track. Yeah. And that, that will lead us right into um, the song Black Jesus. Load up. Got the pay. Yeah. Just like that, right? Blow his back out, make his shoes work. Hey yo, this shit be off the knock it, rock it, whatever cop block it, cat get blown. Who on this street corner? Foreigner, hesitate to rock a hummer. Maybe seal top, run around this summer. For real, marinating, niggas skating, debating, waiting, style flowingly relating. Fine line, switch it on you. Like Black Jesus starts with a just uh, our our rapper and our our guest sitting around. Uh, Papa Wu, who I mentioned before, is kind of like their local spiritual leader. Kind of talking um, their gospel, which is essentially like, you know, very metaphysical, um, you know, the universe is, is essentially made out of the same material that our bodies are made out of. And with that, we are all kind of gods in our own way, masters of our own, of our own destiny. Um, it has a sample uh, fr- from the song Riot by the Blackbirds. Um, this beat is is pretty wild. It's It's got this choral hook that loops over and over again that gives us this kind of epic thing and it sounds like there's a live bass playing over it um and uh you know a lot of it is about the kind of five percenter this one has a lot of the five percenter um islamic meets numerology stuff and um it has features you god and rayquan you god's first show up on this album uh, always enjoy, or I think he might have been on Winter Wars, but I always enjoy him. He's got a nice deep voice and uh, kind of always always steals the show when he shows up, though his solo albums aren't great. Um, and uh, what'd you think about Black Jesus, Steve? Oh my God. A hose down a place, no shots to the face. Elite special force, no religious style faith. The melting pot, boil, gunshot, drama soil. Gamble when I scramble, handle hot. song is uh, an all timer. Um, for one, it has that. I told you, I love, I love that philosophizing about what it's all about and the cosmos and the true origin of man. All that shit, I love that. Stuff. And you get about a good minute of it to open this track up. Would you say? Yeah, and, they're just uh, they're just dicking around. It's the closest thing to a skit on here, but yes, they're Papa Wu is is waxing philosophical. Yeah, but you know that's that's the kind of stuff I'll make the time. Um, and. Uh, then when it kicks into the song, I mean that beat, it, it sounds almost like Ennio Morricone. It's awesome that that that, that uh, the vocal arrangement, the choral, the choral situation. Is oh great. my god, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, wonderful song. I, I love it, and uh, I'm sure there's many. I'm sure there's at least 27 songs called Black Jesus. I didn't look it up, but I bet you there is. This is the best one. I, I really huge fan of this track. Might be my favorite song on the album. I'm not sure. I haven't actually sat down and like ranked the songs, but this might be my favorite song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so second half gets a little heavier. Mark, uh, thoughts on Black Jesus? Uh, good production. It's Wu-Tang gospel. Um, and I do appreciate that. 
uh, that triumphant chorus uh, or choir, excuse me, is uh, definitely giving the song the extra oomph, extra atmosphere, um, the extra power. And I uh, will have, probably have to go on a limb here and probably say that uh, Kanye West was uh, probably very inspired by the sound on this song, particularly. Um, I don't have any proof. I'm not going to show my math, but sure. uh, I do have a two pair of ears and uh, I've heard enough from Kanye West to, to realize that, um, you know, he's probably just picking and choosing from his influences. You could just say I've heard enough from Kanye West, period, of this, this day and age. That's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's it? a full stop sentence. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has that last verse in this one, Eric? Do you know? That's my favorite verse on it. Is it you, God? Oh, good question. I think uh, it is. I think yeah. it is. It's the deep it, voice. You're right. Yeah, yeah he, is, he is a lot deeper voice than the other guys. Yeah, no, he's great. He's great. Um, yeah, and then just kind of following that in the kind of the, the weightier tracks we get into after the smoke. Greatest story ever told by me precisely. Roman normal will I be plus we describe me. My son moved like the toad, get drunk, speaking close, throw a fiend in the sleep hole. Got beef with the glow. Rep my comrade, go half on his lap down in Baghdad. Flipping like a mess tab, get money like a A-Rap, the tight nigga snap. Six legs on the crap. Now us, you wanna do what? My click better bust. Under privilege, open the Stapleton house village. After the smoke is clear is uh last time I promise I'll reference Quentin Tarantino, but uh you get the uh, the Delphonics on this particular track, and uh, uh, who who obviously were featured prominently in Jackie Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's can the tell Del, those it's the Delphonics. Yeah, <laughs> and you can just you can tell like the falsetto, the singing the singing the hook on this. Apparently, I was reading this article where Ghostface was kind of remembering making this album. He was still like getting into trouble and at this time and he was driving somewhere and the Delphonics were in a van behind his car because they were going to go to the studio and on the way he he got into uh, he, he drove by some people he was having issues with and gunfire went off and uh, uh between ghost's car and and whoever and the van just stayed with him and they just rode with him all the way that you think he thought they would have scared him off but they just they just rolled with it and showed up at the studio ready to perform so it's uh, it sounds larger than life that particular story, but <laughs> kind of cool. Um, song itself kind of jumps through history. A lot of references to um, the uh, like when the the Jews left Spain in the 1300s. Uh, Hannibal raiding the Sicilians. A lot of like epic battles that go down, and then what's left afterwards. Um, and it's got it's got RZA doing a short verse on here and Raekwon as well. Mark, after the smoke is clear. I, uh, I, I think this is an excellent uh, song. It has a great um, uh, organic sounding backing track. It sounds live. Uh, the extra backing vocals uh, definitely give it layers. Um, I uh, can close my eyes and just picture uh, a little bit more atmosphere, like play, hearing this like in a dark club. Um, but uh, it's a good track. I, I, I really, really uh, uh, like this one quite a bit. Yeah, my, my notes definitely say this seems, seems like there's live instruments on this on this particular one. So, yeah. Steve, what do you think about this one? That's ah, another another stellar song. Um, 
my my note really on it just says is like you know I, I think the beat and the vocals sync up nicely. Um, I mean, again, it's a, another soulful, soulful vocals with a dusty beat and Ghostface rapping over it. It's uh, it's the it's his uh, recipe. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and, and Delphonics do just just fit perfectly in this whole pastiche. So. Yeah, anytime I can think of the Delphonics or the or the chi, the chi lights, it's the chi lights. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, that brings us a little bit more soul, more like uh, 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 new soul uh, with the biggest single off this and one of the biggest Wu Tang singles. Uh, all that I got is you. Took a step back. Family ain't family no more. We used to play ball eggs after school, eat grits because we was poor. Grab the flies for the channel, fix the hanger on the TV. Rocking each other's pants to school wasn't easy. We survived winters. Snotty knows with no coast. We kept it real, but the older brother still had jokes. Sadly, daddy left me at the age of six. I didn't know nothing, but mommy neatly packed the shit. She cried and grandma held the family down. I guess mommy wasn't strong enough. She just went down. 15 of us in the three bedroom apartment roaches everywhere cousins aunts was there four in the bed two at the foot two at the head i didn't like to sleep with john johnny peed the bed all that i got is you is a uh, ballad features mary j blige on she gets the the hooks but she also gets her own little little like uh bridge to to experiment on you the music is strings and uh piano and bass and there's really not a drum beat there's little drums in there but it's it's the uh it's very interesting for a rap song to not have like a driving drum beat but it's done. It's done by the baseline. keeps keeps the forward momentum, and you have Ghost rapping about, you know, his life growing up, his mom, and it's a tribute to his mom, and it's uh, how hard things were, and you know, his mom, you know, wasn't perfect. There's references to drugs and alcohol, but she had, you know, a hard time, and she she kept them together, and that's the that's the important thing. Um, and Mark, what do you think? about all that I got is you. It's a song that Puff Daddy made a career off of. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you think about it, this song has all of the elements of a Faith Evans, Puffy in the background um, in his white suit, uh, singing about the B.I.G. Um, but the lyrical content, um, kind of a uh, Dear Mom letter, uh, it makes me understand that um, I think every uh, rap artist has one of these songs in their catalog. Uh, I could be wrong. I have no proof. I have no evidence, but it sure seems that way. And I get it. I get it because there's a lot of single moms that are raising their kids on their own and the struggle that they have to do so to, to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, growing up in a broken home where you only have one parent that's doing all the heavy lifting all the sacrificing and not really noticing um, any of that until um, later. I guess this is a way to show some appreciation of what that person did for you, but at the same time, uh, 
it's it's been done quite a bit. <laughs> I, oh, I, old hat, old hat. Mark says, old hat. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> I know. Old That's, hat. Uh, old hat. Old yeah. hat. It's been done. Now there's no emotion left in me anymore. It's all. Yeah, been, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he gets, uh, you know, he paints a picture. You know, picking roaches out the cereal box. Two brothers with muscular dystrophy. That plays a prominent role in the in that the the TV show I'm watching. Um, you know, he, the 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 Dennis character, Ghostface character, definitely is like having to take care of his brothers quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, he definitely paints a picture. Steve, what do you think about this track? Well, I I am not as jaded as Mark, but I think it just comes down to the difference between if your parents uh, get divorced when you're nine, or if they get divorced when you're 29, uh, shows how you react to this song. Um, <laughs> uh, Mark, I don't know if I have the exact years there right, but you know what I mean. I'm just kidding around. Uh, but uh, no, and I, I do understand the old hat. I mean, yes, this formula has been done. But back when this album came out, I don't think there was a ton of songs with this style of the hardened rapper with the R&B vocalist behind him singing a song about growing up hard. It wasn't as cliched when this version of it came out. And I think this version of that song is about as good as it gets. Um, I am always a sucker for a appreciating your family song. And I am always a sucker for a growing up hard song when it's done well. There's so many of them where they're done badly. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top there for that genre. But when it is done well, it's because it's heartfelt. And say what you will about Ghostface, but I don't think he has a, uh, he, he's, he's not, he's never false in my opinion. He wears his heart on his sleeve quite a bit. I think he wears his heart in his sleeve more than most rappers do. And definitely out of the whole Wu-Tang Clan, he wears his heart in his sleeve probably the most out of all of them. Um, and so this, this song just sounds very heartfelt to me. Um, uh, the strings in the 70s piano guitar, the, 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 the 70s strings and the piano and the 70s style lounge guitar all work for me and uh you know i think the the, the mary j blige uh, vocal stylings are good on this track and i mean when he says word up mommy i love you i mean who can't it just it literally might bring a tear to my eye i don't know and uh that, that that has nothing to do with my feelings about my mother i don't i don't i don't think i love my mom as much as ghostface loves his um uh hope she doesn't listen to this one but uh, <laughs> what i mean though is just uh, his delivery of it it's not what he's saying it's how he's saying it that I, I could sum up the entire song that way to me it's not what is said it's how it's said yeah i really i like this track yeah and, and part of it is what it said because it it's not it's very sentimental but he doesn't shy away from the harsh imagery and I think that that keeps he's able to keep some of the signature grit on this track with that. Um, I think it's effective. And, um, you know, he's painting a picture where, you know, his and once again, the show will show kind of what his mom was struggling with. And it's hard to judge 
when that you know that that was the reality um i like i do like i think i i, I like that there's no real drums in it and it's the the kind of bass line that's keeping the the beat i think that makes it interesting um and it's a weird single choice they made a video for it where he's sitting in the snow uh, at a piano with a fuzzy coat and he's playing or pretending to play as he's rapping and and then you see little like shots of dramatizations of his childhood and uh um yeah it's great i <laughs> it's awesome uh i do like the song quite a bit i think it's i think it's sweet and the mary j blige also would follow up actually this is the follow-up she was on uh method man's to cal album with the uh the uh with his with his love song um uh, one of the tracks on that one and 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 so like it looks like Riza Riza had was able to secure Mary J Blige for a couple tracks um, and she yeah she definitely puts in work no, no doubt about it all right so that moves us to what should be Steve I don't think you're going to know this song because you're listening to the Apple version this was the closing track if you listen to it you understand why it was called the soul controller but it was taken off of all streamings and sub subsequent pressings uh, due to sampling rights. I love my cars near choppy. Malachi off a funky penguin with the wax poppy on instrumentals. Niggas get lost like SS metals, turned out like rentals. Keep going around the dental. It is got this um, kind of crazy frenetic uh, loop that sounds like um, the, it might be, there's a little Bach in there, uh, but it's a concerto by Bach that's looping over and over again. Um, it almost sounds like Bollywood, to be honest with you. Um, it's got a, uh, another Sam Cooke sample from A Change Is Gonna Come. And, um, you know, he's kind of going for it. It's, it's he's trapped in the street life and he's dreaming of getting out and dreaming of a better future and trying to control his own soul. So he doesn't, isn't controlled by others. Um, kind of more of that, like uh, his own destination. Um, and it's got more of the, uh, the force MD singing on it. And it's, it's it's not like necessarily the strongest trap ra track rapping or, or or beat wise, although it it does feel heavy. It does feel like a closing track, but the song ends with this long drawn out sample from Carlito's way. Later than a whole gang of people thought. Last to the Mohicans. Well, maybe not the last. Can't come with me on this trip, though. Getting the shakes now. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where Al Pacino's dying at the movie. He's like, oh, that's it. Closing time. Bars closed. Lights out. <laughs> and you get like minutes. You get minutes of Al Pacino just talk, like doing his narration as he's dying from Carlito's way. Um <laughs> And you get some more usual suspects uh, dialogue in there too, but it, you know, but you know, actually that's, uh, that goes, that's the extra Wu-Tang mile 
Yeah. All the other guys were obsessed with Scarface. They picked the superior Al Pacino film. <laughs> it's true. And, but, but that's supposed to be the ending of the movie. Uh, I mean, sorry, the album too, because it's this very final, you know, main characters dying. The, the score swoops and gets loud and big and it's, it's, it's ending. But when you listen to it on the streams, they cut this song out entirely and went to a kind of like a throwaway bonus track for the closing. So it's very weird. So in, for this particular occasion, the original CD version really does make a difference to get this song as the, as the closing, it thematically fits. Um, Mark, did you listen to this one? I did. Um, so it was sample rights again, that got this removed yeah, in 2001 exactly. yeah. from my understanding. Um, so I did listen to the copy that you supplied um, song has flute all over it. It kind of has that everything in the kitchen sink kind of beat yes. samples. Yes. Um, I give it extra credit for trying something different though. Uh, but yet that six minute mark, my watch got checked. Uh, sure. I think it, yeah, but it, not a glowing, uh, I guess, endorsement of the song, but it was, wasn't bad. But again, extra credit for trying something different, but not exactly uh, a strong way to finish. No, but, 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 but yeah, yes. But at the same time, you do see how it was like supposed to be the ending. Like there is a, with the samples, the Carlitos way sample at the end, like yeah. it's weird to not have this song as the ending of the album. I, I think. No, I would agree. Especially since it does have that extended uh, sample that you were talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So Steve, check it out if you want to. <laughs> I know you're not listening to that version, but I did send you that that file. Check check it out if you want a weird one to close it out. Um, thematically, though, it, it it does make sense in the more thoughtful thoughtful lyrics of the second half of the album. Wah! Wah. Uh, <laughs> that's right, uh, the cappuccino. Um, but uh, if on the streams. Uh, or if you bought any of the re-releases of the CD, they've tagged on the song Marvel to be the closing, um, which was really just an extra track. I say why Marvel, while it's probably not as good of a closer, it still works. It's as a well. black hole for yes. those who lose control. Produce soil for volume and wise. It's spoiled many minutes of many lives. Lord, you brothers change size. Only put the decimal compared to those who died inside. take it take it away so yeah this track i actually do think it's a good closer um i it it, it wasn't intended as a closer and yes it does kind of sound like a b-side it's just Ghostface and rizza and they're both kind of singing about what would you say they're rapping about the power of a strong woman what do you think when when i when i listen to these lyrics yeah no i think there i think there's definitely uh something to that yeah um, and it's it, and you know and it's kind of got they're kind of talking about the power of like a strong woman or a woman that's just like just insatiably attractive but also seems to be in tune with the earth again like i said anytime you've got something there that talks about uh human beings being in touch with nature 
I am not a hippie, but in the right element, I enjoy it. And they touch a little bit of that on here, especially Riza, you know, off the earth from the moon, black woman, stay in tune. Yo, gods, let me born y'all the science of, about the womb. Um, Riza has actually a good, a good verse on this track. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the lyrical content. Also the beats, it's Riza 101, kind of. But the way it fades in and out, and this is actually my whole thing I like about this album, is I, like I said, I think this album is very consistent. It has a track listing that really flows. Even when you rip some songs out, the way the songs go from one to another still, it feels cohesive. And what I like about this track is the way it kind of fades out, it makes me think that it's going to take you right to the next Wu-Tang related album. I, I, just, I feel like the way this song fades out, it can fade right into uh, Capadonna's next record or right, right. You Gods. Right. And I like that. Like it, it kind of has like a, a to be continued feeling to it as it fades out to me. And uh, for that reason, I think it works well as a closer on a Wu-Tang related album. I enjoy this song. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the lyrical content. I do think it's, it's heady enough to fit on the second half of this record. Um, I do think the beat is not among my favorite. Um, it's got a nice little baseline though. Um, I've got a little flute too on this one. Uh, but, um, you know, Marvel, uh, would, would nice, nice little tribute to, uh, to, uh, the company that gave him Iron Man. Um, and apparently there is a, a company that released the Iron Man radio broadcast that sued the record label because of the Tony Stark's uh, theme song, which apparently, I don't know. The Tony he, Stark. Yeah. Makes yeah he's, it our, real. he's our man. Or we, yeah. Makes it real. Yeah. And, uh, but then Mar Marvel Company said uh, it was it was thrown out because that actually technically belongs to the Marvel Company. And the Marvel Company didn't did not sue over it, so they were they were cool. I probably they, they probably liked the publicity. So especially in the well, there 90s. was there is uh, ah he has a cameo in either Iron Man one or two that got cut from the main. Yes, movie. two. Yes, yep. two. Yeah. So Marvel, the Marvel monolith is friends with Ghostface. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark, did you get a chance to check out this uh, this bonus track, Marvel, or AKA the closing song on certain streams? Yeah, I did. Um, it uh, it's not bad. It's it's talking about women who, uh, to Stephen's point, it it seems like more uh, more of a worship in a, his sort of way about how women are obviously the key to life and <laughs> yeah, they're they're marveling at these women or um something like that i don't know i <laughs> i do have to admit like apparently this woman knows magic and uh uh she'd been she know magic soaking wet pussy on the mattress uh <laughs> that's quite a turn of phrase it's beautiful <laughs> um so <laughs> You know, like I understand, like marveling, but uh, it, it is quite interesting that can't drop that pretense. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what 
is necessarily is being said about the idea of pregnancy because it starts out with these bitches be bugging God, uh, reason why it got nothing to do with nothing. And then towards the end of the track uh, where you're talking about uh, deep inside your core, the explosion stops the menstruation, causes stomach inflation, patiently waiting nine months for deportation, um, and so on. It goes in a little bit, and then spoiled many men and took many lives, and all you brothers changed sides, only worth a decimal compared to those who died inside. I, I was wondering, is this a pro-life message? Um, and I and I asked that sincerely. Yeah, I don't. That that that's an interesting one. Um, I don't have an answer for you on that, as that's never been a, a lyrical. I, I Riz has never uh, taken a stance on that, so I, I I don't know. Um, but I will say that Riza does take a stance on childbirth, in the sense that he has rapped about it many times. <laughs> he has an entire track about it on his Birth of a Prince album. Uh, in that Wu-Tang show, when they first rap together on stage live in a, in a freestyle battle, he, he weirds everybody out because his whole verse is about childbirth. <laughs> He's been very, very focused on it throughout his career. Um, but it, I mean, it does make sense that I guess one, one sperm gets to the egg and the other ones die. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's going for uh, pro-life. Maybe that's what he's going for. But I think I he was, see. yeah, just kind of more talking about the, uh, you know, the actual, the actual event of it. Um, but anyways, or the, or impregnating somebody. Um, weird song, weird, weird, weird track. But hey, I am, uh, I am basing the song off of the way I first enjoyed it and enjoyed it for this, which was the CD release. Um, Rizza has seven children. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Uh, so let's do a little, let's do a little ranking here. Mark, Mark, what are you going to give this bad boy? So I give it a 3.0. I think it's a good record overall. Uh, solid production that always has uh, relatively engaging beats. Uh, great deliveries from pretty much everyone that's involved from Ghostface, Raekwon, uh, Capadonna, all throughout the record. They, they have a delivery style that keeps me entertained. It keeps me wanting to hear a little bit more from them. Uh, the overall length of the record is an issue for me as not being in totally in love with the genre. Uh, it's a lot to take in all at once and kind of active listening mode. Mm -hmm. uh, for background music, it's not bad. Uh, but I really kind of had to continue to like, okay, let's buckle down. Let's, let's listen to that track again and try to come up with some cohesive notes. Uh, but I still, there was some, I just didn't know what to necessarily say. Uh, and this is just kind of how I approach rap music. I find it to be just a little bit repetitive um, and I have to be in a certain mood for it. Um, I appreciate the lyricism by the storytelling and i do find it to be engaging uh it's unfortunately not anything i can relate to um i will 100 say that i grew up in white privilege i do think that that exists um you know i'm a suburban white kid uh that came from upper middle class parents and so when talking about life on the streets to me it's just it's something that i know that it exists in reality but I only associate it with what I'm uh, get from the media. 
um, whether through fictional stories or whether through this kind of genre of music. Um, and it's just not something I can personally relate to. I'm 100% glad that it exists, but I think that there's a little bit of a, um, I guess, just a blocker for me to really get immersed into this whole genre of music and really just follow a certain rap artist or group um, down like I do with some other bands and artists that I feel really, really uh, emotionally attract, uh, attached to. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, it's, so 3.0, it's, it's a really good solid effort. I just, for me personally, I couldn't give it a 5.0 because I just didn't personally uh, like uh, get attracted to it. Yeah, that's, that, no, that's fair. That's fair. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Steve, what are you, what are you going to give this one? I'll give it a four. It's a, it's a great record. Uh, is it my favorite Ghostface album? Maybe almost. Um, I have a really big affinity for uh, Fish Scale. And maybe that's because I remember like I, I was into that one as it came out and absorbed it as it came out. Um, but also Supreme clientele is near perfect. And, uh, but I don't think, that in, and here's, you can really appreciate albums for, like there's different levels of quality and different types of quality. And I stand by my comments that this is like the most consistent, I think, of the Wu-Tang solo albums. I think some of the other albums have higher watermarks. I think the Supreme Clientele and Fish Scale have some better songs that I listen to more often. But as far as a cohesive piece, even with all the surgery done on what is the true last track at the end, I still think that this album has like just a consistency to it and a flow to it that really is pleasing to my ears. And uh, I can listen to it all the way through pretty effortlessly. Like I said, the crossfading the reoccurring types of songs it's a pretty consistent record so uh four it's a four and uh eric what'd you give it then afterwards why didn't you pick supreme yeah. clientele yeah no for sure i also gave it a four um i think uh, the nature of, of of rap albums it's hard to get a perfect a perfect one um they are often to your point mark overstuffed a lot of tracks um and uh, the, while there's good stories, it's not always the most relatable. Um, I think Wu-Tang was one of the first rap groups that got me into rap. And while I didn't necessarily relate to the lives they were telling, um, I found it educational, especially the ones about, you know, just uh, we were all living in the same country, but having completely different different experiences and yeah a lot of that is because as you said mark white privilege and and um so i did i did, i felt like i was going to school sometimes listening to these records uh but steve i'm with you on that that this has a pastiche from start to finish that um that just sounds good that goes down easy um and uh and then but but when you listen to the lyrics by the time you get to the second half there is a a weight to them that feels emotionally satisfying when you get to the end um, where it's more than just crime stories, um, which I think from a sequencing perspective, that's great. 
so I think this, I think it's a, and I don't know if there's a five out of five Wu-Tang and they're one of my favorite groups. I just don't know if there is one. Um, this is as close as that as you might get. It's like Steve said, it's one of the most consistent. Um, further listening, I did not pick Supreme Clientele. I love that album. I think it's got some tracks that maybe are even stronger. Um, two reasons. One was <laughs> the track listing doesn't make an ounce of sense. I thought it might be hard to talk about. Two, RZA produces much less of that album. Um, and I really wanted to pick something that was indicative of Wu-Tang. And I think the, uh, Iron Man is. Um, uh, same goes for Fish Scale, although Fish Scale I think is even stronger um, and maybe one of his most mainstream albums, um, but also not only a couple of uh, RZA produced tracks, although there are some great tracks by Jay Dilla and MF Doom on Fish Scale, which are, which are tying into like the underground hip hop, which is great. Uh, yeah, and, he, still... and, and the valid point about wanting to have a RZA album. Yeah. Like if I you're going to talk about... Yeah. You're talking about Wu Tang, it might as well be get get, get a shining example yeah. of his production. But I um, and I still think it's stronger than than a lot of the group efforts as well. Though um, this particular album, I think, could stand with any of the of the group albums. Yeah, so. and, and Fish Scale does have some more of that soul stuff going on. Yeah, um, and it heads more into that pretty Tony direction. But I I dig that stuff. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, he's a, you know, he's definitely a treasure, been around, uh, you can explore his other stuff. He did a couple non-Wu-Tang related, like, storytelling concept albums, uh, there was 13 Ways to Die, um, and, uh, you know, he's all over Rayquan's Cuban Links 2 more recently, which is great, um, and, you know, he's, uh, he's, he pops up from time to time, the pop culture, you know, I think he showed up in a couple episodes of, like, uh, 30 rock and anyways he's he's been around he's been around um but yeah thanks for thanks for going down this journey with me and letting me go wu-tang for a while it's uh it was it was a fun fun opportunity for me to dig into these 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 albums that mean that meant so much to me in my uh in my youth that i still i still enjoy quite a bit <clears throat> so uh shall we well, roll for the next one i think we should all right eight Right, so eight. It's, well, I'm no uh, mathematician, but uh, what is that, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's four plus four. Um, but uh, no, on our list, um, it's a record that was released June 6, 1995, nominated by myself. It is Primus, Tales from the Punch Bowl. All right. Mm, Primus, that's going to... Now, if you'll remember, I brought up Les Claypool in the Talking Heads episode, so... Mm. It's all tied together, man. Yeah, close yeah. enough. Close enough. I've been wanting to talk about beavers, so this is going to be. I mean, and you know, I, you know, when you asked Eric about his selection of uh, Ghostface's catalog, I'm sure you could probably ask me the same thing on this next. Right, episode. right, right. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be an entertaining talk. It's uh, Primus's record from 1995. Yeah. You know, the one that has Winona's a Big Brown Beaver on it southbound pachyderm but it's tales from the punch bowl oh yeah and i have i have specific memories about this coming out so this is dale good. davis's tree farm and space farm back to back <laughs> over the electric grapevine 
Um, but yes, that's where we're going to be headed on our next episode. So uh, thank you for all joining us. Thank you, Eric, for nominating this record that we talked about tonight. And thank you, Steve, for always being prepared and ready to go. Because uh, I wasn't. And uh, we, we all we at least need two out of the three of us to show up. So yeah, thanks, well, guys. you know, next to the you uh, you think about that in the next episode where I segue into talking about Rush for two hours. So. Uh Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But and uh, thank you, dear audience, because we hope that we brought you closer to pod. That's right, y'all.